Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, guys, let's get into it. Today we got Doug Spence on. He is the electrician for all the YouTubers that I know and probably plenty that I don't know, but he did all the Freedom Factory stuff. They wired my lift up, all of Adam LZ's shop, all kinds of crazy stuff. And you've been an electrician in Florida for a while. I have a lot of questions about electrician and storm stuff with hurricanes and all that craziness that we deal with, all the YouTuber side of things and all kinds of good stuff. So let's um let's get started with like, I don't know. I mean, you took on a huge project at both <laughs> LZ and the Freedom Factory. Yeah. Yeah. So starting with Cletus, we... uh. And we started with the, the the big dog. We started with Cletus, who everyone knows in the racing industry, and and then we've been passed on to all the other all the other YouTubers. I mean, Adam LZ was my second one. I was excited, but like I, I started with Cletus. He posted a video back in uh, in January 2020 mm-hmm. and said, "Hey, I'm looking for a contract to replace the poles out here at the track." And it was uh, you know six months of going back and forth to design and budgeting, and and it, we got it worked out, but. Mainly, I I watched the video on a Saturday, and it was it was life changing. It's 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 a, basically like a new career. Yeah. So I I went out there on I watched the video on a Saturday. On Sunday, I hyped myself up. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to drive down there. I'm going to sit at the track. I'm going to wait and see if I can talk to him. And um, Monday morning, I got stuff done. I had to at the office and head over here from Orlando. Met with Josh. Walked the track. You know, I remember FaceTime my brother, like, hey, I'm here. Yeah. We've watched this guy for three Made or four years. Made it onto the track. Yeah. Watched him for three or four years. And here we are. And this was, you know, during COVID. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm one of the first general public to come out there. They're doing events, but it was like, you know, pay per view things. Yep. So, this was exciting. And I walked the track, I get the information I needed. And uh, after leaving 10 minutes later, I get a phone call and it's, it's Garrett. And I'm like, Oh, cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I, I, I get to talk to him, too. Like, this is this happened quick. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we want to talk budget first and, and where we can save money. So the wooden poles that were there, they were shot. Oh, yeah. And the light fixtures that are there, they're, if we paid for a brand new light fixture, it's around $3,000 each. Most of those poles have 4,000, or I'm sorry, four lights on each pole. So we're talking $12,000 in lights. It's a lot to be sitting yeah. up there. And he's talked about all this pretty publicly at oh, this yeah. point. Like yeah. He's told everybody how much all this stuff yep. costs. None of this stuff is like secret, secret. No, or, no. you know, no, like and, we're not exposing anything like no. that Garrett hasn't already said. No, it's very well documented. So he uh, he actually, you know, talked to me about it before. He's like, are you OK with me sharing these numbers? And this was actually before we even locked in the deal. And I said, honestly, if someone wants to come in and offer you a better deal, I, I want you to, to take it. Yeah. I said, but I, we, we tried to come up with the tightest budget we could because this is, he already purchased the track. It had only been a year. Mm-hmm. We wanted to make sure that we, we saved as much money as we could. Um, we saved some, some light, uh, we saved a lot of money with finding a good deal out of California on the lights. It was, uh, that was the biggest job that, that we, we've taken on yeah. so far. 
Well, I got to race there when before they even had the new lights, we were racing there on the old lights, and there was blind spots. There was actual, like, dark spots on the track, which was crazy. Right. I helped, like, when we first fired it up and everything, I was helping, like, do all the light fixtures and do all that stuff. And, like, some of those light poles, you could see holes, like, right through them mm-hmm. where there was, like, a couple spots that would go right through because there was bees nests that would go right through them. There was birds living in them at some oh, yeah. points. Like, it was... It was crazy how decrepit those are, and there's probably not like a playbook on track lighting. It's no, kind of like it, it's a it's a special thing that not a lot of people want to take on. Yeah. Um, now there are a lot of lighting companies out there that do like photometrics of that, and that's mm-hmm. pretty normal. But taking on something like this without an engineer and you know general contractor and someone to manage the whole project is not really heard of. Mm-hmm. Like uh, high schools when they build the sports. Uh, areas of the football fields and baseball fields. It's all engineers that, that design it. Yeah. This, we are coming into it with a low budget. We want to save as much as we can. And I had engineer do the poles and the brackets and all of that stuff. Permits were all through us. So it was, it was a good thing. Um, Those poles are serious too, because that's another side of it that we have to deal with in Florida is hundred mile an hour gusts yeah. off the water, off the coast. And it's only what, 30 miles inland. It's really not far. And you guys just had a storm last year. Mm-hmm. So the poles are rated for 150 mile an hour winds. It took down Bradenton's sign, which, you know, that's a tough one because it's a sign. It's yeah. It's got a lot of surface area. It's kind of, it's a little bit more tricky. But then those, I I was here for the storm watching kind of, they do, they do kind of move a little bit. And I guess that's kind of what you would expect. I mean, even like the Skyway Bridge moves just a little Flexes bit. Flexes with it, right. Yeah, you want yeah. some flex, but it's crazy that they they all made it through. Yep. No, it was tested. It was, it's proven. So we're, we're good now. It's, it's uh, actually been two years, uh, two days ago. Mm-hmm. We installed those poles two years ago. So it's, yeah. it's already flown by. It's crazy. Yeah. But, yeah, Cletus uh, passed me on to Adam LZ. He passed me on to Taylor Ray. Um I used you. Um, yep. Did Kyle Busta Boys? Did you talk to him? Not yet. Oh, all right. Not yet. But yeah, he's got a shop or his his house and garage, right? That's up in. Yeah, it's like forty minutes north of here. That's closer to me. So yeah, that's good. Um, Doctor Tudemall, I haven't done work for him, but he's actually done work on my vans. Oh yeah, yeah. We we bought two vans from Ford, and they had uh, governors on them, seventy five mm-hmm. miles an hour. Oh, so yeah, yeah. had Dr. Tudemall put a tune on my vans. He's putting a lift in. I mean, uh, um, he's putting a dyno in soon here, I think. So yeah, that's, that's probably good. a big power suck right there. Yeah. How how much power difference is it, those new lights versus those old ones? At the track? Yeah. Is it pretty yeah, pretty substantial? It, it is. It's. Um, I think we saved him. We did the numbers two years ago. Yeah. If we had fired up all those lights compared to what we have now, it was around uh, – 70,000 watts difference. Mm-hmm. Um, talking a few thousand dollars a month, like more to power the old lights. The new lights, they're, uh, they're 1,200 watts a piece, um, but they have 106,000 lumens. They're they're very bright lights. Yeah. But 10-year warranty, and they, they've, they've held up through the storms, and we haven't had any failures in the past two years. I mean, knock on wood, but... Uh, Back to what you were saying about the the power consumption on like on a dyno, we've did we've we brought power to, to Cletus's dyno. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Adam LZ has one now too. 
they have the two dinos in his shop, and then Adam also has the hub dino. Yep. yep. Yeah. So the hub dino, sometimes YouTubers get these deals, and this is what I see. I mean, I work with so many of them yeah. that you kind of take what you can get, right? Like, you don't want to fight back and be like, well, I know you want to give me this, but it's if it's if it's a good deal and you want to you want to make it work, we, we make it work. So Adam LZ's dino is actually three-phase. In his shop, he only has single phase. Hmm. So we had to put in an inverter or a phase inverter and create three phase for basically just a fan on the dyno. Um, these are little things I run across with all these YouTubers where yeah. you have to just go with it. I think he's got one of the Australian dinos too. I'm not familiar. Yeah. You know what? I, th- I think you're right. Because that would also make sense why it's probably a little different than what we're used to. Three phase is normal for shop supplies anyways, but right. it's, I mean, it's pretty big suck of power especially he's out in the real middle of nowhere yes freedom factories in a public area compared to what he's at correct yeah so yeah that probably doesn't help yep and then um yeah so you had to put a three phase in there and how big of an how big is an inverter for two phase or so for his he needed 80 amps of three phase um which draws 200 amps of single phase okay so you have to bring in 200 amps basically your entire house to an inverter, it converts mm-hmm. it over and makes three phase just to get 80 amps. Now he luckily has a big enough service where we could suck 200 amps over and it wouldn't affect everything else in the building, but it's, it's still a large draw, but you rarely ever use the dyno. You know, you run it for maybe once or twice every, every couple of weeks. Yeah. So it doesn't add to your power bill as much as you'd think. It's, it's the continuous loads that, that add to mm-hmm. it. light fixtures and ACs. Yeah. ACs suck yeah. this time of year. They know that our ACs are running. All the time. <laughs> they yeah. know that they're running a lot, so that power bill goes up like crazy. Mine like doubles this time of year. Yeah. Freaking pain in the ass. Yeah, and then he probably added a bunch of ACs that are now running more into his facility, which he has that one room with those high-ass ceilings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's got four four lifts in there. Um, we set it up so he's got basically like six welding receptacles all around the shop. Yeah. So you just unplug your welder, take it to the other side of the shop instead of just dragging leads everywhere. Yep. Uh, it's Adam Elzey's shop is the cleanest shop I've ever seen. Yeah. I tell him that. There's, like, no oil on the ground. Like, it's not like like Cletus. He's got the his main shop. But there's, there's – and this isn't bad, but it's Adam Elzey's, for some reason, is just spotless. And I feel mm-hmm. bad every time we make a mess. Well, electricians are known to make messes, right? Isn't that their thing? Yeah, we don't sweep at all. <laughs> yeah, isn't that they just throw the boxes on the ground and stuff? Leave and, your clippings on the ground, and yeah, and, yeah it's someone else's problem. That's the electrician way, it, from what I've yeah. seen. You can't you can't own a broom. Klein and <laughs> Milwaukee they don't make yep. brooms, so we won't be buying any. No, no need for that on the electrician stuff. We must have a massive need in Bradenton for electricians because I think they're building. A billion houses yeah. right up the street from me. Right. It seems like they're building houses for everyone in the U.S. to move to Bradenton. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the whole deal is on that one. But. Well, people like Florida. Yeah. It's uh, it, it's it's a nice place to come to and, and live, but it's we're we're building houses everywhere, and I'm worried about it with the race with Freedom Factory and, and Bradenton Motorsports. Mm-hmm. I'd uh. I like how how Garrett's handling it. You know, you you have to say something now, mm-hmm. so that later on, if if there's an issue, you can say, "Look, I've I pointed this out. I 
I didn't want this to happen. Don't close down my business. Like he's yep. worked hard for this, and and so is Victor over at uh, at Braden Motorsports. I mean, he just redid the whole drag strip. Yeah, the, I mean, they've put so much money into that. The timing systems, I don't think people realize how complex those are, mm-hmm. where they are fragile and, like, they cost a lot of money to maintain. And everything on those timing systems are, like, Windows 95. They're, like, <laughs> archaic, but they all work well. Yeah. But you have to kind of, like, band-aid them and stuff, and he's done a lot to manage that. And then just the whole thing, like, it's a country area that's now not anymore, so it's tough for them. But... Back to, like, the housing stuff, I've, I've toured a few of them, and I feel like they are built so poorly. And you would probably know that better on an electrician's standpoint, but yeah. it's it's what you don't see is the electrician and, like, the plumbing stuff that is probably the scary part of those new homes. So there's a reason that we don't do it, okay? On, on track homes and, and cookie-cutter homes, we don't touch them because they're low budget. Yeah. Okay, so... There's a couple of big guys that do it, and I've seen their vans on this side of town. They're all over Orlando, but they budget these jobs so cheap so they can make a profit. They're doing, like you said, thousands of homes, right? They're not making huge profit margins overall, like on each house, but after a thousand houses, it adds up quick. Yeah. So, like with my guys, all my guys are hourly employees. Um, They all 40 hours a week, and overtime after 40, right? With a uh, new construction homes, they're piecework. So they're paid per house. So the quicker you get it done, more money you make. So you do three houses a week versus two houses a week, you're getting paid more money. Mm-hmm. These guys will work 80, 100 hours a week and do two, three houses a week and they get they get a bunch of money, but it's done with minimum minimum circuits. Yeah, so like two, on, three houses a week is a scary thought. Yeah, it's a lot. That is fast. So they, on a custom house, typically we do one room has its own circuit. Mm-hmm. So outlets and lights in that one bedroom, it's one circuit. But code can be twisted, right? Code's the the crappiest way we can do something. Yeah. Legally. We can always do better. So. Bare minimum. Exactly. I, uh, I've seen them where they put two or three bedrooms on the same circuit. It's a 15 amp circuit. That's what code requires down here in Florida. And allows i should say we you know we're we build 15 amp circuits on bedrooms living rooms uh and that's for outlets and and lights Mm -hmm. it's not a big deal until like your ac unit there you plug it in one bedroom and all of a sudden someone's some someone's kids doing blow drying their hair in a mirror it's too much trips it right so they're built to the very minimum and then they try to sell them for as much as they can i mean this is just yeah. It's, it's become normal here. Well, these houses are listed for starting at 500. Yeah. And that's entry level. Yeah. And they're all built like that, whether you pay 500 or 700. Right. Yeah, they are. If, this, if they're in that same neighborhood, all built yeah. by the same builder, it's the same. The skeleton is the same. Yeah. No matter what trim you get. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So we do do custom homes, um, but it, they're they're very custom. I mean, like bidet receptacles and multiple water heaters, yeah. different different AC systems for different zones. Um, I, I can't compete with the market where they're paying piecework. They set their, their profit margins. They buy the material in bulk and they tell their electricians, this is how much you're going to get paid for doing these houses. If my guys mess up and miss something and it takes us an extra day that I'm still paying more. 
So their yeah. their margins are, are are more controlled. But I don't uh, I don't see us getting into doing a bunch of cookie cutter homes anytime soon. It's just it's crazy to to do that and feel like you devalue yourself so much by doing that. And you know, there's nothing wrong with the guys that are out there doing it. It's great money, and they're somebody needs to do it. But right. it's like it's not that custom work that you would pay a lot for because once you map out, oh, this is how you do it. You're just copying yourself over and over again. Yeah. And then new houses got to be so crazy because like you were saying, there's day receptacles and stuff like there's probably so many more spots that you have to run power Mm -hmm. that you weren't five years ago. No. Like, oh, you need to put a router plug here hidden. And this is where I want to hide my electric vacuum or lights on the staircase. Like as you walk up the staircase, the lights turn on at every step going up. Yeah. Yeah. All that fancy stuff. Cause even my house has like a few things where I'm like, why would you put power there and not over here? And there's all those like weird things that houses have. And cause my house is a custom house as well. So mm-hmm. it has things that are a little questionable in places. Yeah. But I'm sure whenever they were building that, they're like, Oh, I mm-hmm. need power here for this. And it like, uh, the the you have the battery powered. I've seen your little the vacuum, yeah, yeah, where you put the the Milwaukee battery on. Yep. It. But we put outlets in closets before where they plug in their Dyson, and and sometimes the Roombas will drive themselves into the closet, yeah, and charge and then come back out. But you need to have power in there for it. That's what I was thinking. I have this little spot under my staircase. It's it's actually weird under my staircase because you can't get to it. But it's like I know it's there. I know there's a room there right. of some sort, but you it's not open anywhere. There's no cubby hole, there's nothing. So I'm like, man, that would be a great spot for some Roombas under there. Just cut a little hole and 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 start to explore. My dad actually did it at his house. Yeah. Yeah, he he had the same idea. He's like, there's gotta be space under there. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, there's gotta be like a cubby hole, there's a closet, but then it doesn't go into that little spot. Right. I don't know if it's not worth touching because of where the insulation may be. I don't know. <laughs> look, you can cut. That'd be a little hot box. <laughs> you can cut old square out, poke your head in, look. Yeah. I promise there's going to be cobwebs and all kinds of things in there. But depending on how the framing is, I mean, you can make a little little playhouse. I mean, you got, you got a little meatball on the way now. Got a kid on the way. So Under the stairs, a little Harry Potter room. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Somewhere to store them while you're out here working, you know. Some people put, like, the little dog spots for them, too. They put, like, a little dog bed inset into yep. there. I don't know if my dogs would go in there, but you could put, like, a little, like, caged door in there. And my dad hung those those beads that hang down. My, my daughters go under the staircase. Mm-hmm. They have their own – they have a little small, like, 22-inch TV in there. But we uh, we do a little bit of smart controls and, and try to make the house like a smart house, right? So we have a Lutron switch that – actually goes in there and we can just say Alexa turn off the dollhouse. Yeah. And it shuts the power off inside there. Interesting. Little little things like that that just make it more custom and Well, you kind of read my mind on thinking about smart houses because growing up people would always have like these things that I see would like be built in, but then 5 years they're completely useless at this point. It's like an archaic thing that ends up dating a house. Yeah. And it almost seems more counterproductive than it was like Originally, I do wish that they still had um, intercoms. Intercoms seemed like a good one that were timeless. Yeah. But then people put like, oh, it has a radio built into my whole house. I'm like, yeah, but like two years from now, that radio is going to be terrible. Yeah. You're better off just having a phone. Like, I don't know. Like, how do you how do you make a house timeless, but then also want to include smart stuff? It's like a car. 
you can't. I mean, you just change things as like as time as new things come out. Yeah. Right? Um, well, like Bugatti, they don't put a radio because they don't want it to look outdated. They make it look like minimal mm-hmm. to not look outdated. Right. That's, so that's kind of an interesting one. Yeah. Don't don't avoid doing something because you think that one day it's going to be outdated. Yeah. You can install it, and if it ever gets outdated one day, change it out for something else, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was like LEDs. A lot of people didn't want to swap over to LEDs for the longest time, and now everyone has them. Yeah. They're more affordable now. They're less energy. They're more affordable. They don't put as much heat out, like, in a room like this where I don't want, like, if I had a, a, a bunch of lights, yeah. it would be a lot hotter because of them. So I try to think about that, too. But then sometimes LEDs get, like, a little flicker to them that yeah. normal lights don't. I mean, halogens kind of get it, too, but... But they would dim, not completely flicker. Yeah. I get it, yeah. They get, like, that, but some cameras are weird because I have friends that if you bring your camera to Australia, for say, mm-hmm. you may pick that up a lot because they use 50 hertz. hertz. Correct. So if you don't change your camera settings... From U.S. to, like, Australia, you end up picking up... The strobing effect, right? Exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of a weird thing like that, but I don't know. We use... I always think that we use the best stuff here, but I'm sure somebody uses better stuff. Yeah. I don't know if 50 is better, 60. It, that's always a concern when, when working with YouTubers, that the light quality has to be not the most expensive, but it has to be a better tier. It can't just be yeah. contractor grade, right? So when we're installing lights and... Anywhere. So like uh, Parker, Parker Mitchell, Teeth and Turbo. Yep. We installed honeycomb LEDs in his garage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it looks like a bunch of honeycombs on his. Yeah. In, in like his the garage. hexagon style. Right. And you worry about it because you want to make sure there's no flickering when you record. YouTubers make their money off their content. If if you're recording and the lights are flickering, then it's something you have to edit. It's something you can be concerned with. Imagine we did all the work at the Freedom Factory. After all of that, yeah, months and months of planning, and you go out there and start doing the pay-per-views, and you see, you know, flashing, that would just, I would look terrible. Yeah. Right. So you have to do some research on the lights. You can't just throw cheap things Well, it's dangerous, too, because you have to, like, like, people put, like, strobe warnings, like, Mm -hmm. in your video, because if somebody has epilepsy, you don't want to trigger that. Yeah. Even mine, like, I mean, randomly, they'll flicker, but that's because I don't think I have enough power coming into here and everything's kind of on like similar circuits, Yep. which also helps me a lot. Most things in here are low voltage. Right. The only big voltage things that I have in here are the ACs. Low amperage. Yeah. Low amperage. Yep. There you go. But yeah, like this board is like, it's like a five volt into it. And like the cameras, they're all low. They're all low. Yeah. They're all low consumption, right? Yeah. So and, I'm not too concerned about them, but then when you fire up that AC, you know, <laughs> the lights dim down a little bit. Yeah. The lift takes a little bit longer to, to, to actually lift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's voltage drop. It's it's pretty it's pretty common. Um you know, we're 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 not right on your house. We're not connected right to your service. Yeah. So it comes from being away from the panel. But yeah, that's it's it's pretty common to, to run across. It makes sense. I mean do I don't know if I have even enough power that comes into this shop. That was one of the things that we were running into. Like I don't have that much power where it's like you can run Everything you want at the at the same time, which I don't have a problem with. I don't have ten guys working here that like, exactly. oh, two people on the welders, another guy using the lift, and then me using an air compressor. I don't have that problem, but I would definitely run into it if I tried to put like any 
serious machinery in here. If I wanted like a three phase thing in here, probably be screwed. Yeah. Yeah. Or drill presses or lathes or things like that. Then, then, you know, those are high consumptions and they, they're running constantly while you're using Mm -hmm. them. Yeah. We run into that a lot. Um, and and it's not just with YouTubers, but homeowners too. Right. So say you put a a shop in your backyard and you only have 200 amps of service coming in your, into your house and you go, okay, well, my house is going to use 200 amps. Right. And I want to put 100 amps out into my my shop. I should upgrade my service. I have to upgrade to, to 300 amps. But it, it's not like that. It's all about how much you're going to consume at the same time. Okay? Yeah. So if you're inside the house, you're cooking a turkey, hot water's running, dryer's running, ace, the heat's on. Yeah. You got a lot going on in the house. The chances of all of that going on and you're out in the shop running the AC and welding and all that, very unlikely. You may get in trouble with the wife if she's, you know, in there doing all that stuff and, and you're outside welding yeah. in the car. Some know? people just don't think about that, though, too. They'll just fire up all that stuff and just... The main will trip and they'll, well, I learned I can't run all that at the same time, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, I should be able to run all this. Like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> Call the city up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, upgrading your service right now is a, is, is a difficult thing to do. Hmm. So with all the factories that shut down during COVID, it, it put a, a bunch of back orders in. 400 amp meters are the, the most common to go up to. So we have 200 amp services and you go up to a 400 amp service. A 400 amp meter is very rare right now. So when a customer calls me and says, Hey, I need to upgrade my service. Yeah. It's a one year lead time. They tell me 52 week lead time to get the meter. So where are they made? I imagine. So Milbank has a factory up North. I'm not sure exactly where it is, but they're yeah. the main manufacturer okay. for them. But they're UL listed, and then you have to buy one that's selected by your power company. So, like, we have FPL down here in Peace River. Yeah, yeah, Duke, Peace River. Yeah, and there's Duke and, like, OUC in Orlando. I they used to all, have Tico up in Tampa, and they were terrible. Well, everyone has their, their pros and cons. <laughs> yeah. I don't want someone from Tico to see me say that that was bad because I yeah, might work with them one day. That's but true. You do have to work with them. I will say Peace River, the best utility company I've ever worked with. Really? I, I deal with them at, at, the, at the track whenever there's a – an issue we need to do a shutdown or something i have their phone number and i can call them up and say hey the racetrack is is doing this can we schedule a shutdown for this day you know in a reconnection again later you know there's a probably probably six meters i'd say on the racetrack like six different services so that's six different customers yep. basically so they've they they take care of them but there's some some people out there that are they don't want to work with the customers, but back to what I was saying, everyone has their own regulations and each utility company has their own regulation. So the 400 meter that might be available might not be accepted by that utility company. So you have to find the right one. And and would you really wait a year to upgrade your service? Yeah, that's tough. Or can you just add a second one? You can add a second meter onto a residential property, but you could, if it's like a detached building, you could add a meter on this one and add a new, um, main in yeah right like if your okay. address is 1000 it's 1000 a and 1000 mm-hmm. b you could do something that way uh, or you can do the expensive route and go on ebay and try to find a 400 amp on meter they're anywhere between 2800 to 4500 dollars just for the meter before you even do anything without labor anything. yeah that's crazy just to get that. I know like Whistling Diesel dealt with his for a while. He talked about a couple in yep. a little bit in his videos. And then I would imagine somebody like Taylor Ray has a big, big draw on a residential. 
because he's got ACs, he's got welders, he's got lifts, like all the lights. Like I imagine his facility is probably one of the bigger draws. Like, you know, Adam and Garrett are different stories because they're commercial, even Garrett's shop Mm -hmm. commercial. But then Taylor, we're talking about probably an older residential community. Mine, my house is built in 94. So, you know, it's not terrible. It's not like some of these 70s homes, like my mother-in-law recently bought a home from like the 60s, mm-hmm. and that all the electric was scary in there. Yeah, there's like typically in 50s and 60s, it's either aluminum or cloth cloth wiring. Yeah. Insurance companies don't accept them anymore. It was scary, and it's right on the water in Sarasota. I'm like, oh, yeah. this is like, I was like, please just get like a good electrician to come in here, like somebody not just from the neighborhood that was walking by type yeah. of thing. Cause yeah. So you said two things there. Uh, yeah. If you're buying a house, get a four point inspection and find the most thorough inspector you can. Mm-hmm. You don't want to buy a house. And then two months later you realize, Oh, they didn't catch mildew or mold yeah. or dry rot or something. Right. Like you're about to take on this giant investment. You plan on being there for at least 10 years, you know, 30 years. Spend the time, spend the money on finding a yeah. good inspector that's going to inspect everything you want to know about those things. My The inspector that inspected my house, I can't praise that guy enough. He I, it terrified me because mm-hmm. he gave me a 65-page right. PDF. That's good. It was scary as hell. And I was asking him, I was like, trying to get like, is this normal? Is this a lot? But like, that's not really what he does. He's just like, here are all the issues. You figure it out Here's from the there. Facts. But I was just like, is this, like, above what you normally see? Because he checked every outlet. He filled up every sink, Mm -hmm. everything. Like, my house has two hot water tanks, which is annoying. It's got two AC systems. One of them's older. Like, he checked everything. And that is (laughs) Realtors hated him. Right. The realtor that was sitting there was like, I thought we'd be in out of here in 20 minutes with an inspection. And he was there for, like, five hours. Don't get me wrong. I've gotten inspection reports. We do four-point inspection repairs in Orlando all the time. Some reports are four or five pages. Mm-hmm. Some of them are 60, 70, 90 pages long. I promise you the 90, 90 page ones help me because I can go through and see every little detail without going out to a home. I know what I'm getting into. I can give a ballpark number, right? Yeah. And sometimes that ballpark number will, will scare people off. Like they'll realize, oh, wow, this house needs a complete rewire. Is it really worth me signing up for this and taking on this house? That, that's twenty thirty thousand dollar rewire on top of buying the house it's a lot yep you want to know those things prior to you know doing that final signature it's definitely a uh, tough scary thing to dive into buying a house especially like I, I guess it depends on how easy it is to rewire like if you have a small house like my mother-in-law's home it's a you know two bedroom one story mm-hmm open ceilings like it didn't really have anything like it was it was you know a rewire would be like a couple days it seemed like because everything was already exposed right but then rewiring a finished home you're talking about ripping out the whole house cutting drywall everywhere yeah yeah so the easiest ones that i come across are with crawl spaces okay we're in florida so crawl spaces aren't very common Mm -hmm. but when a house has a crawl space and an open attic it gives me two access points i can drop wire either way right yep Speeds things up where one guy can go in the attic and, and run all the wires to lights. We can drop down to switches, and then all the outlets can be ran underneath the house. Uh, that's a good thing, but you're right. Like, if it's a small two-bedroom, one bath, mm-hmm. and it has a crawl space, we can get it done in, in three, four days, you know, with, with installing new lights and a new panel yep. and everything. 
my house has some funny things where like in the living room there's like a couple floor outlets mm-hmm. <laughs> like the ones that are like in the old school like look like a library thing and then it has like recessed lighting up top in the living room but it's like scattered like some of them are like they point on the wall like for artwork some of them are like a little track like it's kind of all over the place but then it's also very nice so like they did like they took the time like to make it nice but they just kind of did whatever almost they had at the time they did it for whatever they had designed in their head (laughs) and and i tell weird i tell customers that i said look when i leave your house and we leave you see this product every day. So when it comes to like vanity lights and, and wall sconces and if there's track lights, there's chandeliers, I want them, I want the customer to provide it. We'll install anything. I mean, we've installed 20-foot-long chandeliers and staircases before. We, we do hi-hats all the time. But I when we're one, done... I have one of those. What's that? <laughs> I have one of those, a long, tall freaking chandelier, and it's the lights are out, and it's like... It's it get covered in gold and glass, and it's like... Oh, yeah. I don't even want to turn it on because it's like it's the tackiest thing from the 90s. Yeah. Like I said, someone had a vision in their head. Yep. If it wasn't us, you just bought the house. It was from the 90s. I get it. And then I've seen some videos of like some Amazon chandeliers that people buy for like cheap. And I'm like, man, those look terrible. Those look scary to like even own. There's some like modern flip. Like you see them flip houses where like they're just crazy looking LEDs that are twisted and whatever. None of them are UL listed and that's where it it catches you. Okay. So if we do a new construction build, every fixture, even if it's provided by them or by us. What is UL then? It's so it's any product you buy, it's going to have a UL sticker. Uh It's, it's, it's a certification. So it says that this fixture is designed to do this. Okay. It's designed to mount to the ceiling or mount to the wall. The, LEDs that are inside it, they're not going to get too hot where the light fixture falls apart. It's a basically a liability thing. The city okay. and county won't sign off on it unless it's actually got a UL sticker. Interesting. So there's probably a lot of shady stuff that homeowners do. Homeowner installs are usually pretty bad to begin yeah, with, though. That comes down to being ignorant to it. You don't know any better, and you, you see a pretty light. Your wife's like, I want that. You order it, and you put it in, and yep. you don't know any better. Chances of something actually happening, probably slim. But, yeah, when we do a new construction build, it has to be a UL-listed light fixture. Have you ever had to return a forgotten bag of adult play toys to a pair of sweet old grandparents? Or have you spent your summer cleaning up protein spills at an amusement park? How about going to work every day in a flea-infested casino? Hopefully you haven't, but our guests have. Welcome to the Insiders Podcast. Each episode, we bring you an explicit account from a hotel and hospitality industry insider. To listen to these stories and more, go to theinsiders.com to subscribe. That's the insiders, I-N-N-S-I-D-E-R-S.com. Yeah, that makes sense. And because somebody's going to come inspect that, somebody's going to come check all that out. Yep. Man, new construction seems like a hassle. We built a house when I was a kid. My parents did. Mm. And they were simple as possible. They were like, it's a square. (laughs) It doesn't need anything crazy. Recessed lighting, nothing crazy at all. Like, they were, they wanted it as basic as can be. on like fan in every bedroom and that's it. Yeah, exactly. They were like, we're not going crazy here. Like, they didn't try any of the smart stuff that people tried to convince them to. And... I think that's why it doesn't seem outdated now. Mm-hmm. And a funny thing is that in New York, when they built their house, 
all the walls are smooth. <laughs> right. We don't have smooth walls anywhere in Florida. <laughs> they like this textured, like orange peel and popcorn Just spray ceilings. on nastiness. Yeah. Like I don't understand it. I'll tell you why. Cheap. It's it's you can hide imperfections. Think about it. If you got a seam like in here, and you just sprayed something over mm-hmm. it, and the seam just disappears, that's a lot easier to do than actually making sure that wall is is smooth yeah. and finished. It's a New York thing to like, or at least it's a Florida thing to make them textured. Yeah, every wall in my house is textured. So we do a lot of restaurant retail work. Um, Earl's Kitchen and Bar at Mall Millennia. It's a, I think the budget for that restaurant was like ten million dollars. Yeah. Everything is what they call a level five finish. I mean, they skim and, and, and mud that wall five or six times to make sure it is smooth. Problem is, you can you start seeing imperfections everywhere. That's why they do those orange peels and, and popcorn ceilings. It, it hides all the imperfections. Yep. Get the job done sooner, move on. Um, and uh, Taylor Ray's place, you had mentioned that before this yeah. too. Yeah, his, his shop is awesome. Huge shout out to Taylor Ray because he did like a full build series on that thing and it is like, a therapeutic build to watch because he did such a cool job and everything's well insulated and he took care in like every step of it. Yeah. And really built like a great place that he can be in for a long time, which he's not a, many YouTubers do. He's a do it yourself guy. <laughs> yeah. Okay? I was wanting to work for him, but I knew that I was limited on what I could offer him. Okay. Cause we can all install lights being electricity. It's, it's pipe and wire, right? It's what my dad said. It's just pipe and wire at the end of the day. So all yeah. we do is just run pipe and wire. We connect lights, hook up panels. It's not rocket science. We don't have like programs where we got to go in and type things at the end and, and make sure it's fine tuned. It's it's simple. So I didn't know what I could offer him. And when it came up and he said he was going to do the new shop, Adam actually gave him my number. And I was doing a side job up in for a family member in uh, Jacksonville. Went up there to help him with some landscape lights, like just help him out and just say, hey. I look down at my phone, and I'm like, 386 number. Pick it up, and I'm like, hello? He's like, hey, it's, it's Taylor Ray. And I was like, oh, oh. shoot. Like, excited, man. Like, yeah. Like, you know, you guys talked about this in the last podcast with uh, with, with Kyle. Yeah, right? me and Kyle. Yeah, well, you guys talked about your, your fans, right, and how they walk up to you when you're covered in grease, and they go, hey, how you doing, right? And you mm-hmm. feel like you, you want to interact with them and and, and have that relationship it's almost like watching family. Okay. And we watch you guys. We watch, I, I watched Cletus for three or four years, you know, when you were on the, on all the time. Yeah. I, yeah. Back in the early days of it. Yep. Yeah. So I, I watched you guys and it's exciting to be like, Oh, I get to work with you guys. That's, mm-hmm. that's, it's cool. Yeah, so he, he called me up and said, yeah, I, I build a shop. Just want to get some ideas of what I can do. And I'm like, you know, I don't mind helping. And then all of a sudden it turned into, well, how much would it be to do it? Well, I really don't have time to do it. Could, could you do it? Absolutely. So his building, you think, would have a lot, right? Like a lot of a lot of amperage, like a lot of draw. It's very efficient. Okay. He's got the metal building. Yep. But he's got, I think he's got close, closed cell foam on it. Yeah. And it's like three or four inches on the walls and on the ceiling. So it's basically like a Yeti cooler. So when that gets down to temperature, the ACs kick on for a little bit, bring it back down to temperature, and turns right back off. He leaves his ACs on eco. Um, we tried to draw as much as we could out of there. We turned the ACs on, um, all of his lights. It was 36 amps. It's, it's, it's nothing. 
Yeah. You can still run your welder. He had a hundred hundred amp service out to his, his shop. Welders typically draw between like 30, 40 amps. So he's well within that. So when we, when we say, you know, Adam, uh, Taylor Ray probably draws a lot more cause he's got all that at his house. He draws a lot less than all the other people. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Insulation keeping, you don't yeah. want heat or cold to, to, to escape, right? If, if we cool a building, we want it to stay cold. If we heat it, we want it to stay hot, right? Yep. So insulation on that one saved him. It is a, it is pretty expensive to do it though. Yeah, I know. I looked into a little bit of that spray foam stuff because it's, it's awesome. Like it is crazy how well that actually works. Cause Garrett's house had all that done already when, he first moved in, and we were looking at it, and we we're all like, "Wow, look at it! Like somebody really, really took some time to spray foam everything like that, every crawl space, everything." And it's really, really crazy how efficient that stuff is. I would love to do it in here, but I think this whole shop needs a redo at some point, anyways. Yeah, in my time of living here, which I'm not opposed to, and I think do the steel building route of like Taylor Ray is a better route than. Yep. The big wood building that I have right now that's probably a massive fire hazard. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, whenever you do that, it's all about connections and who you know. I know this guy who just built a hangar at some undisclosed location. Yeah, I've been there before, I think. Yeah, it's a nice For- hangar. Um, but I can't remember where it is. But anyway, the guy who built that hangar, that that, that company, they do a lot of metal buildings. Yeah. Um, Really good guy to, to get with. Did you see the the hinges on that thing? <laughs> They're like wider wider around hinges than like my arm, like my leg. Like that's how big the hinges on that thing are. That's crazy right. to see. Like I thought like a lift hydraulics were a lot. And then I was looking at that thing and I was like, oh, the door on that is, is massive. Yeah, yeah, the hydraulics alone to move a a hanger door. I just didn't realize how crazy that is. It's cool. That door opens, you know, straight up, and um was concerned he was going to have one of those like accordion doors that folds yeah um yeah it's got it's got some some neat things inside that hangar and and i'm excited for it to you know get out on the channel and 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 do more with it yeah because that'll be a cool spot it's more of like a relaxed spot than most other shops spaces are unfortunately we've dealt with i've dealt with this where it's like oh cool like you know, you get a little more space and then suddenly you fill it up instantly. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, I cleared out all this space and then suddenly there's two cars and a shelf and parts yep. there almost instantly. It's very easy to collect things. It's very hard to get rid of things. Absolutely. <laughs> it kind of uh, escalates quickly. Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, hurricane season coming up yep. because you've probably doing this long enough. You've seen houses that just like, you know, if you look out Anna Marie Island where I think that was where the hurricane hit, right? Or Sanibel, Sanibel Sanibel Island. And like, you know, one house would be burned to the ground. The house next to be fine. The other house would be burned to the ground. What is causing, like when you leave your house after a storm, what is going to cause it to just burn down? What should you do? Are you a car enthusiast looking for an exciting new podcast to listen to? Check out the Test Drive podcast hosted by Lebo Dead. This podcast is packed with discussions about some of the most iconic vehicles in automotive history and inside knowledge from behind the scenes. From the Mustang to the Camaro, we cover it all. So buckle up and enjoy the ride. Listen to Test Drive on your favorite podcast app today. 
Well, that's a tough thing to say, right? Like it's it's I don't want to give wrong advice to somebody on this. Of course but, not. No. But if I was to leave my home in an evacuation and we know that the water is going to be coming up, I'd turn my main breaker off. Mm-hmm. Okay. This isn't just for saving your house, but this is for first responders. Okay. I mean, Garrett's a perfect example for this, right? Yeah. Right after this last storm, he was out there with Manatee County rescuing people, right? I don't know the chances of actually getting shocked, but I know that my neighbor three houses down from me, his house had four feet of water in it. His panel was submerged in his garage. It has a pretty low panel. It was submerged and I could see his lights on at night in his house and it's four feet of water. Yeah. And he had evacuated because he's at like the lower end of the street from me. And I, I called him up. I'm like, dude, I need you to call FPL and tell them to shut your power off. And they said that they couldn't do it remotely. And I said, it doesn't make sense. I said, this should be a thing where if, if, if you're the customer and you call and there's a state of emergency yeah. and you need your power shut off, they should be able to do it, right? You, you don't pay your, If you don't pay your bill, they shut it off. Mm-hmm. So it, it's not possible. So I, I would shut my main off before I, I left because I don't want someone, if they're going to search in my house, we're not thinking like someone's robbing our house, but if someone's coming yeah. in to make sure, hey, is everyone out of here? Are you safe? I don't want someone to get shocked. Now, um, yeah, that's a scary thought. A lot of people don't think about the first responders as much as they think about their house burning down. Right. Or something along those lines, because that's scary, too. I mean, people deal with that all across the country. People in California are dealing with their the forest fires hitting some houses and not others. And then people in all of Florida are dealing with hurricane season coming up and generators in their house with them because some people are crazy like that. Right. Some people don't realize carbon monoxide is a thing and they put their generator in their living room. Yeah. So that's a, that's a bit, it's a big thing. Um, yeah. It's a scary thing. I've seen it quite a few times. Like they actually have to put warnings out when storms are coming in Florida, put your generator outside, which is a crazy thought Yep. that you have to actually tell somebody that. Yeah. And you think, okay, well, you know, it's just, they think, Oh, it's just on the front porch. It's just a covered area, right? Like it's, it's still outside. It's outside the door. Yeah. But around your whole house, you have that eve where it still gets into your attic, right? And yeah. if, if, if the exhaust is blowing the right way, it could pool up in there and go into your attic and then come down on you. It's a silent killer. You're not going to smell it. Like, you're going to smell gas fumes, right? But yeah, it, it's a silent killer. Um, the, the thing that they recommend is five feet from doors and windows. I tell all my customers 10 feet, right? So I'm just pulling my couple things back up. Um, Yeah, carbon monoxide is weird because there's a thing where once you start smelling it, your brain actually turns it off and tries to stop you from smelling it mm because, like, it goes into, like, a defense, weird defense mechanism of it, and it causes the death, like, instantly. Yeah. It's crazy. Carbon monoxide is scary stuff. So here in Florida, um, we get the question all the time about generators, okay? Yeah. Should I do a standby generator at my house? If you can afford it, sure. Okay. But I, I think there's only two reasons to, to, to do it. If you live in a state where, like California, high winds, they shut down the power lines because it started a bunch of those fires out there a few years ago, right? Yeah. So now if they get high winds and they know it's coming, they'll shut the power lines down and then you know, people are without power. So... 
if I lost power once a week or something, I would have a standby generator at the house so I didn't lose food. That makes sense. The other thing is if uh, here in Florida, if you have, you're taking care of the grandparents or anybody who has medical issues, yep. uh, that would make sense to me. You lose power for even a couple hours and someone's on a, an oxygen machine, they need power. Maybe they didn't have it plugged in. The batteries aren't good on it right now. Like, you know, that's, it makes sense. What I recommend to people, a portable generator with an inlet on the outside of your house. Okay. So a lot of people make these cords. I'm sure you've seen them. Yeah. Where it's a male end on both sides. Very dangerous. They, they say not to. Right. They plug <laughs> it in their, they plug it in their dryer. They plug in the generator and they backfeed the house. Mm-hmm. A few things can go wrong here. Um, if the main is still on, you're now backfeeding the power lines, hurting the people who are trying to repair your, your power lines, right? Um, when power comes back on, your main's still on, it's going to blow up your generator. Because power, utility power comes on, it's going to yeah. blow up the generator, no problem. Uh, if someone trips on that cord and it comes out of either, it comes out of the dryer, it's live. Yeah, you have a live three-prong cord yeah. sitting there ready to go. It's 240 volts. I mean, it's not going to be fun. It, even if it doesn't hit you, it can land on the dryer and arc out there. Mm-hmm. An inlet is the opposite of an outlet. So instead of like a female outlet, it's an inlet. And it's got four male prongs in it. You take the female end of your generator cord and you plug it in. So there's no live components exposed except for those that are inside this box, right? Mm-hmm. And we install a generator interlock kit. You have to shut your main breaker off, slide the bracket up, and then you can turn your generator breaker on. There's no way to backfeed, you know, your house and no way to backfeed the generator. Yeah, you can't screw it up, really. Yeah, yeah. we pass inspections and pull permits for it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if you live in, like, a more rural area where it may take a while for them to get power out to you, I definitely can see that. Like, my neighborhood is a lot of houses, so they're a little quicker. Mm-hmm. Like, they kind of triage i guess you could say we're like oh we go for the more people out first right and then we work our way down to like the one house that has no power out in the country right like if, if you're out in the country out, yeah way out off on 70 or yep. 64 well i have friends out there on like vernon bethany out there yeah and if like their power goes out randomly and they're not super prompt about them being like first on the list no it's always the country houses that kind of get screwed. So I can see it for that aspect, too. People always say, like, hospitals and fire fire stations, if you live around them, usually you're back up on the grid sooner. Makes sense. We have a fire station right up the street. Yeah. So maybe that's what it is. You might be on the same grid as them. And I definitely just, am. They're in. They're on the edge of my neighborhood. Like, they're right next to me. Yeah. The last storm, we were without power for seven or eight days. But it was because, I mean, all the streets around me were good. But my street the transformer had blown and the power lines were knocked down and it yeah. took him forever to get over to us. We were, we were flooded in. Uh, we just ran a, a portable generator. So people who live out there, you know, way off and they need to do a generator. There's three kind of fuel types you can do on a generator. Now on Amazon, there's a 12,000 watt generator. It's like f- between 1500 and $2,000. Yep. It's, it's 50 amps. Okay. You can typically run, your AC unit in your house. You can't run your water heater at the same time, but at least you could run your lights in your AC and cool the house off and, and be okay, right? Yep. We're not cooking turkeys or doing laundry. We're, we're just surviving. So you can buy this generator, and it has three fuel types, tri-fuel generator. It, you can run on unleaded gas, propane, or natural gas. I think 
there's some places where some homes have natural gas running to them, right? They can have an inlet put in or a, a tab for uh, get natural gas to go to your generator. Yeah. Some people have propane tanks at their house for like fire, uh, fire pits, barbecue grills. If you just up the size of your propane tank to accommodate for the generator, you pay for the bigger tank, but you're every month you're not running your generator. You're still consuming the same amount, but you're prepped and prepared for it. I tell people just buy a generator and then, you know, whenever you're ready to do a generator inlet, that's when you, you call around and get some prices on it. Yeah, because you can put like an above ground propane tank pretty easily oh, yeah. at a house, yeah. like a bigger one that they can service. I have an underground one at my house, but it's only for the generators. Mm-hmm. There's two pretty decently sized generators that were on my house when I got it. You were lucky. And they... They kick on every Monday, mm-hmm. like nine a, like ten a.m. They kick on. They run for like five minutes, and they turn off. Yeah, and they're great. <laughs> but I have to fight with my wife when storms happen and we're out of power. And I'm like, you can't just live like normal, right? <laughs> it is not like we just have power. Like you have to be conscious, conscious of lights being on. Turn off like AC when we don't we don't need it. Like it's gonna be a little hotter in here. Like don't run the microwave and the toaster and the coffee maker all at the same time. Yeah, I'm like it's not just normal. Yeah. Like I'm turning off hot water tanks. Like we're we're in conserve mode because also when it did go out, I'm like okay, it could be out for a month. So yeah. we got to make that propane last. Exactly. So you're not trying to like consume all of it in the very beginning. Yep. And you're not trying to burn out the generator because you just tore it up with everything that you have in your house yeah so that was uh that was the fight we were dealing with but that was that was our storm prep is just generators yep i i think that everyone should have a portable generator um but biggest thing is keep the exhaust aimed away from the house and at least 10 feet from doors and windows thankfully in the racing world a lot of people have generators are pretty normal yeah and it's and some people really have some beefy generators that they bring to the track. Lot, I hate those guys. Yeah, well, a lot of people have them in their rigs. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, like Garrett. Um, like he, those Onan Cummins generators yes. are badass. Right. Those things are sweet. So when when this last storm came up, uh, Garrett's like, hey, can can I use a generator out of my my toter? And I was like, yeah. He's like, I got a, a 50-foot cord. I'm like, perfect. Yeah. So he pulled that toter up right there next to his garage, and whenever he lost power, he's going to plug it in. He didn't lose power. I know he didn't. I was I was here like I physically helped him the day of the storm as it was like on the coast. Yeah. And then I drove back to Orlando in the rain. And I'm like, the things I do, I'm like, it's just it's it, I enjoy it. You know, I was able yeah. to give him and his wife you know, power. I knew that my house, I was good. Yeah. You're on the other coast and yeah, you're I'm, like, I'm in the middle of the state. By the time yeah. it got to me, I, I knew it was going to be weaker. We just got a ton of rain out of it. But, yeah, I'm like, let me make sure that they're good because you guys were going to get hit hard. Yep. Luckily, I mean, it, unfortunately for the people down south, it went further yeah. south. But Somebody's always going to get hit hard. We just got lucky that yeah. it stayed south. It it was supposed to hit Tampa, which would have been, you know, millions of people instead of, like, a more rural area, which is, you know, a couple hundred thousand people. Yeah. Like, Tampa was scaring me because I lived in Tampa, Clearwater area for a long time, and there's such a dense population there. And if a storm that size hit there, it's just like people aren't like, you know, city people aren't exactly equipped for the kind of thing. Right. Buildings get really hot when the power's out. Like 
cities don't exactly have the infrastructure for people to be out of power for that long. Yeah. Like people out here in the country where it seems a little better at least. So living out in the country, you're typically more handy. You, you, you do some kind of physical work. At least you, you know, you are going to, you work mm-hmm. on your own house, you have a generator. So yeah, I think people out in the country are a little bit more prepared. Yeah. I was nervous. It was going to hit Tampa and, so I was too, because as it, as it came in, you know, the bottom bands are the strong ones that would, would come in. We're right? talking about Ian here for anybody that's so as, as, yeah, I can't remember the names of storms. You know, yeah. I, I just remember, yep. That one that flooded my house. So yeah, yeah. that one was no big deal, but I can remember years a lot better. And I'm like, I'm the bad one in, you know, 2022. Exactly. Yeah. Like I can remember that a little better, but Ian, for some reason kind of stands out a little. So if it would have hit Tampa, those bad bands would have hit directly here. Mm-hmm. And then in my head, I'm thinking, well, those poles are going to be tested really, really well. Like they were 140 mile, 150 mile hour gusts, right? The poles rated for 150, and I'm like, "You're right on the cusp." Yeah, you know, we've all used a ratchet strap when it says it's good for 800 pounds, and we've used it for a 1200 pound lift. You know, like yep. to, but still, that's that's something that I didn't want to test beyond its, you know, ratings. Yeah, you hope that they underrate them. And yeah. overbuild them. Exactly, yeah. We, we always like some cushion in there. Yeah, yeah same never, with like a car lift. You hope that they're a little bit overrated for what they are. Yep. Yeah. And it, nothing nothing happened. The only thing that happened was we had to go back like a week later and readjust some of the lights because they have this fin on the top of them. It's a reflector. Yeah. And it's to keep light pollution down. You don't want to light up everything. You want to keep it guided right on that part of the track. And the wind had caught that, and it has bolts in the side with, like, grooves, and it just spun those lights straight up in the air. So it looked like that uh, hotel out there in Vegas with the lights shooting straight up in the yeah, sky. Yeah, the pyramid. Right. That's what it looked like when we turned the lights on at night. It was just straight up in the sky. I'm like, well. Let's... I think they do that at Disney, too. They, like, they like move them all you know, around and point at things, try to hit I remember seeing that planes as a out of the sky. Yeah. <laughs> I remember seeing that as a kid a lot more. Those lights that would like when they try to advertise something was going yeah. on, that those lights would be around more. I haven't seen those in a while. They probably were the ones that were like they're burning the ozone. Oh, those lights. Yeah. yeah. You always have to have some kind of regulation. Right? Yeah, that classic, you know, like street lights are burning the ozone layer out. <laughs> I was always surprised to hear that one as a kid. I'm like, really? This little light bulb is like Yeah. Seems like a lot. <laughs> the only time I can get concerned about like light pollution or something like that is when you're at the beach and there's sea turtles, right? Like mm-hmm. we don't want to confuse them with the moon. So there's, there's shades on there. We use different colors. There's regulations and it's strict on there. Cause you don't want the turtles to go towards people. You want them to go back into the ocean. Yeah. They end up there. They lay their eggs and you don't want them to go the wrong direction. Exactly. You want them to go towards the moon, which is over the water. Yeah. And go back into the ocean and, yeah. and survive and not get stuck up here with traffic. Right. Yeah. That's an interesting one. You don't um, even really think that that would be a problem. I'm sure the first person that found that to be a problem that's why we have really caused some issues. That's why we have codes and, and laws and, and yep. regulations. And, and that one I get, I get, we don't want to lose the sea turtles. Yeah. Um, another one is when you're working on a, on a property, whether it's your house or commercial property, light pollution to your neighbors. It must be, it's nice to have all of that extra light and you can see at nine o'clock at night, whenever you're working on something. But as soon as that lights, you know, shine over on Karen's window over here, She's going to be calling the city, hey, he put up a light that's, that's shining over here. You need to consider that. Yeah. But they sell lights that have shades on them that prevent it. So even though that you want all the lumens right here and you want to work, you want to make sure you're not shining on your on your neighbor's house. Yeah, I definitely see that. I've seen, like, I can't remember where I was, but I had a house that 
the neighbors, when they pulled in and if they didn't get out of their car quickly, you know, their headlights would just be beaming right in. Like the per like their parking spot headlights were like beaming right into a window. Right. And I don't know, I don't remember if it was my car or like the neighbor's car that did it, but my car would do it sometimes too to like a neighbor and headlights are like perfectly pointing right into a window. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, a bad perfect, one. Perfect, perfect lineup. Yeah. Yeah. And I know it, that's when like HOAs are actually like kind of nice when they help people in those situations where like hey you know can you put a bush there or something yeah. maybe or, hey i don't know just turn your headlights off after you you park or something like yeah but like you said though if they don't get out in time they sit there for a minute yep and they come on automatically they don't even realize what they're doing yeah you're just blinding the person sleeping next door yeah i've <laughs> seen that quite a few times yeah we've dealt with that i mean plenty of times where businesses we couldn't Growing up where I lived, it was like a beach community, and we weren't allowed to have neon signs hmm. in businesses. Like, you couldn't put a light-up sign on your business. Like Your your sign could only be, like, lit from, like, a light on the side of it. It couldn't be self-lit. It couldn't be a backlit sign. Yeah, like, all those, like, there's so many regulations with that stuff because they were trying, like, for the look and for the light pollution and all yeah. those kind of things, like... You could be grandfathered in if you had one, but then when a storm took it out, it was gone. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't put it back. It was pretty funny stuff, but always things that we fought with. Well, we still have that in the historic district. I mean, like downtown Orlando has a few historic homes and like streets that you can't change the light fixtures on the outside. They're old copper light fixtures. They yeah. have to remain. So whenever we do that, like there's an extra inspection that for that area, we tend to just not touch those it's better just leave alone right mm. so you have like a historic inspection that also has to be done that sounds fun yeah i'm yeah. sure that's that person's really friendly and helpful with it. yeah they, they let everything go yeah yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah no yeah. problem you dropped a screw you can't find that one yeah don't worry about it yeah no it's it's one of those why i still have you know i'm getting more gray hairs now just dealing with permits and things like that so yeah permitting and um red tape as they say right yep Got to get through as an electrician. I'm sure that's fun. And weirdly enough, with that storm, it hit you guys and, like, Adam LZ harder than it hit, like, my house. Yeah, you guys got the winds. And yeah. for some reason, we just got all of the rain, where it just rained for three or four days. And I watched my, my neighbor's house just get submerged. Uh, I was, you know, lucky enough where we didn't get any water damage. But, yeah, I just watched the water rise and rise. And the canals just got backed up, nowhere for it to go. Mm-hmm. So, like, even in, in the city I live in over there, there's those portable pumps that you see the city bring out. They're still there, stationed there, in case it ever happens again. Yeah. It's just so, you know, a lot of people don't do the infrastructure. A lot of towns and cities don't do that. They don't have the budget for it right away. So they leave that portable j pump there, and if it happens again, we'll just pump it out, and eventually, I'm sure they'll put a permanent pump in. But, yeah, yeah, I'm sure if I wait, Six to seven weeks for a permit, they're probably waiting just as long. And even if, like if for like a county work, though, stuff, yeah. If it's city workers that, that are actually doing it or county workers, like not knocking on any public workers, but we know that a, a roadway expansion takes two years to mm -hmm. do. So I would assume a pump, you know, done by them would, would probably take at least six months, seven months. They've been for the last like three weeks putting in like a new substation right by my, like right up the street for me. Mm -hmm. And Funny enough, my, like, I don't know why they're putting it in, but I guess maybe just to help alleviate some of the new neighborhood electricity, I guess. Yeah. Probably more draw than there used to be five years ago with all these electric cars that everybody's buying. Yeah. And all that kind of stuff, all that fun stuff. But 
Uh, my house is kind of on like a horseshoe road. And I was talking to my neighbor before and he's like, yeah, like, I don't know why, but like, you know, I've lived here 10 years and like, we don't really get the wind as badly as like the straight sides of it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, that sounds like some redneck logic to me. Like, I don't, I don't buy that at all. Lo and behold, the storm passes through and he was dead on. I was like, man, all these guys got trees down and stuff. You guys were just... We were on that little horseshoe spot that... Man. Because <laughs> to me, I was like, that just sounds like some redneck logic made up by Florida man thing. Yeah, he's lived here for years. He knows. He's right, I guess. It's, it comes off the hill over here, over the trees, and mm-hmm. then right on past us. And you saw, I mean, when you drive through this neighborhood, it's all old oak trees. Yeah. Like massive. Big, like 50-year-old oak trees. Like yeah. they're huge. Like, like the ones where if you were to cut that down, you need to call and get approval on, hey, yeah. I'm, I'm removing this old tree. You the know? one in my front yard is like two people around. Like it's a big oak tree. Yeah. I, It scares me a lot. <laughs> They've made it through all these storms, you know? Yeah. Kind of, we, we were looking at it the other day. I'm like, is it leaning? Don't look too hard. Just <laughs> yeah. lean the other way. It'll be fine. I'm like, I think it's far enough away that it can't fully land on my house, at least, maybe. The root systems are, are pretty wide on them. So, like, that's what scares me is e- even if it was a fall a certain way, where does the root well, root system go? Does it go over my driveway or yep. towards my house? So that would be – it'd be terrible to fall on the house, but I don't know how far the root systems are from – I mean, I don't know how close that tree is to your house, but it's, it's just something I'm always concerned about. Yeah, and they don't go super deep, some of them. They just go, like, out. Yeah, they spread across everything. Yeah, and that's um that's one of the things too is people don't realize we get the browning effect, I think they call it, where the water gets so saturated, where the ground gets so saturated that it, when the hurricane comes over, it's not even like it's going over land anymore. Yeah. It's just water. Right. Like it's so just it's not losing strength. Yeah, and then when the trees are that saturated around there, it's when real bad things start to happen, but that's what they call it, I think the browning effect where it's mm. just yeah. basically doesn't even know the difference between water and land. Just scary. It makes sense. I never thought of it that way. But, yeah, if there's that much water on the ground, it's basically like over a lake. Yeah, and it's it's warmer probably because it's just, you know, dirt water that's only a couple inches deep. Right. So, yeah, it's kind of a weird thing. But I've just been thinking about hurricane season a lot as we come into it. And we come into an early one because the Gulf is so warm and the Atlantic is really warm compared to last year. Yeah, well, the thunderstorms this year have been, I don't know, on this side of the state, but in Orlando and over towards Daytona, they've mm-hmm. been nasty. I mean, like strikes every five seconds, and the storms would go on for like an hour or two, and it's it's, it's yeah. nasty thunderstorms. I, I expected this hurricane season to be pretty bad. I, I was kind of feeling that as well, and we are actually in the lightning capital of the world, yeah. is Tampa Bay area. Yep. Do you do a lot of lightning rods? So, No. Uh, from what I've heard, Texas has a lot of lightning rods because it's like a dry environment. Oh. Okay. So we have ground rods, right? So every service in a neighborhood has a ground rod, but no, we don't have lightning rods or lightning protection on residential homes. I, from what I've heard from people moving here, they said that in Texas and like Nevada where it's drier, they would have lightning protection put on their homes. And I don't know why or how, but it's not something we've ever looked into. Yeah, maybe they just don't hit the ground as frequently in in Florida as they do in Texas. Um, maybe they kind of just go across because sometimes they don't actually strike anything. They just like they just go across the sky. Yeah, and I always called that heat lightning when I yeah. was a kid. Like it just never actually came down. Yeah, but our buddies um they had this they had this uh mule that was like protected the the cattle next to them. Yeah, 
one day the mule got struck. Done. I I would I would expect. <laughs> I was that. like, man, yeah. that's an unfortunate scenario. The guy was just out there protecting the cattle because they always put him out there to protect the cattle. It was a donkey or a mule, whatever it was. But yeah, yeah. my my dad was driving in South Florida. Like I was born and raised down there. Um, this was probably. 25, 26 years ago, he was driving his truck and he had an old CB antenna, mm-hmm. like a 14 foot whip on it. And he was driving down 95 and lightning struck that whip and fried every component in that truck. He's just driving down 95 and yeah. boom. And he was okay. I mean, he was he okay. Just, yeah. Not Because I've seen some cars that just get wrecked by lightning and like through the windshield where it's just shattered and like yeah. the engine and everything just melted. Like it's pretty crazy to see like that kind of just like hit instant destruction yeah it makes you think like man why can't we capture some of that there's so much I've, so much power right there yeah and <laughs> constantly so i i've thought about that like we have solar right yeah and we have these wind turbines and i'm like how can why can't we consume it just someone will one day i'm sure massive amounts of power just watching it go into the ground or hit a tree like sometimes you'll come across like a tree and it's just like one dead one sitting there and you look, look at it first thing, and you're like, what the hell? And then you're like, oh, probably struck by lightning. By lightning yeah. <laughs> I know there's a couple, like, back in the woods back there that, like, oh, that one's dead now. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> they just roll through and wreak havoc. Yeah, I, knock on wood, I haven't had any experiences, you mm-hmm. know, being struck around me or anything. But we've repaired some homes that have been struck by it. Um, there's surge suppressors that people put on their homes and they call them lightning protectors or lightning surge suppressors or whatever. Yeah. Kind of like selling snake oil almost. Exactly. Yeah. I feel, I don't, I don't offer them to customers. Um, I'll, I'll just be frank. I, I tell you, um, call your utility company. Okay. Typically they can offer you a surge protector for like seven to 11 bucks a month and it covers all your major appliances. Weird. Okay. They offer it to you monthly like that? Yep. They install it on your on your service, either mm-hmm. on your overhead service up top. Sometimes they put it in your panel. Um, but like, I know FPL does it and Duke does it. They'll, they'll install a surge suppressor, and it covers your major appliances. You, you know, you have to do your, your, your claim through them. Yeah. But I feel that's better than if I sold a customer one for, you know, 400 500 bucks, put it inside your, your panel – you have to register it with uh, Square D or Eaton or whoever I bought the ma- you know the manufacturer of it, and then you have to file your claim through them. I feel like your your utility company would give you a better response than yeah. an electrical manufacturer part company, you know. Yeah. And, and it's nothing to bash those two companies. I just feel like that's a better thing I can offer customers. That's funny. Eaton also makes the superchargers. For all like the popular cars. So there's there's some <laughs> some pretty cool superchargers out there. <laughs> but um, Eaton makes like the the. The blades, they make the screws. Oh, yeah? The same people that you're talking about, the same company, yeah. uh, Eaton. I mean, it's always big companies that end up making, like, a variation of yes. <laughs> different companies. But, yeah, um, my dad, we're, you know, he's a roofer gr- my whole life. I did a lot of roofing with him. And one of the things he always got requests were put lightning rods. Like, people would just, like, beg him to do it. And he was like, I don't I don't do that because I don't really think that I've never seen it like be necessary or helpful. Even though he didn't believe in it, he thought about offering it because people would just like, if the customer wants something that badly, you might as well do it. They're going to pay you. It was a, it was a wealthy area, like all these summer homes and people were just like, please do this. And he was just like, I don't believe in it. 
but I don't know. It's kind of one of those things. If somebody's going to, do you want to be honest with them? Yeah. You know, and say, I don't want to take your money, but I'm going to do this for you because I, I don't want you to get charged by someone else. Who's going to charge you even more. Exactly. Or just bolt an elect, a lightning rod up there and run a ground cable ground, right into the yeah. ground and call it a day. <laughs> It's not that part of a job. He was like, I can do it pretty easily. Yeah. <laughs> just, I, I've worked at Cape Canaveral and Lockheed Martin um, and a few government buildings, and, and they all typically have lightning protection on them. Mm-hmm. It's done by a lightning protection company. It's not usually electricians that are out there doing this. Yeah. I don't, I don't 100% understand the theory behind it. And because I, if I don't understand it, I don't want to sell it. I don't want to offer it. Yeah. It's, it's, like you said, snake oil, right? Like, I don't think it's... Maybe it's effective. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I've seen, like, photos of, like, the Empire State Building getting hit by it. and I'm sure it has lightning protection, you know? Yeah, but that's also a tower that projects radio waves out. Like, it's, like, they use it to amplify, like, radio signals or something like that. I I think they still do. I'm sure someone in the comments will say, this is how lightning protection works, you big dummy. How are you an electrician? Yeah, I mean, there's probably somebody out there that does that, and I hope that they sell it and make a lot of money off of it, but I don't, I've never had one, and I don't see any houses in my neighborhood with them. No, there's there's not any lightning protection. Now, everyone has a ground rod. that That's normal, mm-hmm. ground rod, and, and then a bond wire back up. But um, I, I don't think I'll ever get into it. I don't think it's a need for it down here. I mean, like you said, yeah. we do have a lot of lightning, but I don't think that's a proven thing down here. I worry more about EMPs than I do uh, <laughs> lightning hitting my house. Yeah. But there's not really much you with, can with do. With the tinfoil hats, I know. Yes. There's not really much you can do about an EMP. I've just talked to some people that there's been a couple people that I've talked to off mic that told me they actually can't legally tell me this stuff and have told me stuff that I can't talk about that fear me a lot about EMPs. <laughs> stop, t- stop talking about it right now then, dude. No, no. It's, it's fine. I can't. Um, I just EMPs in general yeah. are a scary one to me because that's a that's everything gone. Everything electronic. That's what that's what, what you're in, right? Yeah. Like I so our company, Central Floor Electrician, okay. My dad, my brother, um, and I we, we own the company. I have to keep my phone here. My wife hates it. Yep. But even though I have it in Do Not Disturb, I have gotten, I don't know, fourteen voicemails already. Yep. And at least eighteen texts. But I told all my guys, I told everyone, hey, I'm, I'm busy right now. Let me, let me do this, and I'll, I'll get back with you, yeah. right? I don't know how I would be able to run my business, and this is sad. Like I, I, I'm, I'm, I wish I didn't have this crutch, but I don't know how I'd be able to run my business without my phone. Yeah. Right? Like my oh, yeah. dad used to print out MapQuest for all of his electricians. You're going to turn left on Lee Road, and you're going to turn right on Silver Star, and you're going to – and then – it's three houses down on your, you know, I, I text my guys, here's the GPS location. There's no guessing. G- mm-hmm. Google Maps can take you right to it. If I need to call and place an order for material, I don't need to email someone or, or go to the supplier. I call my guys up and, hey, I need this, right? EMP would ruin a lot of things, man. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm i sure one day it'll happen. There's some crazy stuff you can listen to about people talking about how susceptible our grid is to things and i've actually have a have another guy i've been messaging back and forth that he's an engineer on the power grid side of things yeah something like that happened up north right where they took out some some substations very they're very fragile and they take a long time to repair as you can probably imagine you've dealt with enough 
city work and how long it takes to repair. Well, let alone like the, what I said with the 400 amp meter. If mm-hmm. it's a one year lead time, yeah, and it's only 400 amps. When you start getting those bigger amperages, it's bigger equipment, bigger buses. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the lead times on that stuff isn't isn't short, man. And think about how low on concern residential is in that situation. Right, like. Hospitals, fire stations, those kind of things, government buildings. Yeah. They get first priority. Yeah. You're probably 15th on the (laughs) list of priority. The dog park's probably going to get power before us, right? Yeah. Exactly. Area. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. The the freaking children's schools and stuff like that are higher priority than your house and stuff like that. Like everything's higher priority than residential, it feels like. And and because I've never, and we see EMP as in movies, right? Mm -hmm. So, is, is it going to take out the battery in my, my vehicle and ruin all of that stuff? Yes. Is it going to ruin the battery that's in my generator? Yes. So what do I do? Get a tinfoil box to hold the battery for my generator so that, that way I can take the battery out, out and start my generator so I have power again? I always make the joke that's why I used uh, lead paint on my on yeah. my room. Yep. Yeah, so yeah. that we're in a lead box. It's Perfect. all lead paint. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff in here. I like to uh, make that joke on people because they, they think about it for a minute. They're like, wait, that does actually sound like it makes sense, but I know everything in me says that that's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, man, well, thanks for coming on. Um, where can they get with your company? Where can they uh, contact you at? Yeah, so, I mean, um, we're, we're out of Orlando. Uh, I usually don't do a lot of work on this side of town. It's, it's just like onesie, twosie things. But, I mean, if you're in Orlando, Central Florida – yeah, uh, Central Floor Electrician. But if you're famous enough, he'll make the trip. Yep, I, I actually have <laughs> a couple of things on here where I was like, you know, I have a, a to do list on on what YouTubers I wanted to, to meet up with. Yeah, um, like we, like we talked a little bit about it, but like Cletus and Adam have worked with you, um, Parker, Taylor Ray, Doctor Tunamall. We actually did some work for one of the pranksters. I can't really get into on that one, but like we did a project for someone who does prank videos. Yep. Um, but yeah, they're coming up, I'm. I'm you said it earlier, Kyle from Boosted Boys. Definitely want to talk with him. Kevin KSR up there in Gainesville. Yeah. Um, JH Diesel, I've talked to him a few times. I'm not sure if he needs anything, but I know his shop is pretty close. Yeah, he's right up the street from yeah. here. I've met Colette, Adam LZ's girlfriend, and, and she's she's a sweetheart, and we've talked about doing lights in, in her place. Yeah, he's got so much need, I'm sure, at his area. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's probably 20 buildings out there. Yeah, I'm sure um, all of them need something. Yeah. And but, they have a generator out there, too, I think. One of the buildings does, yeah, yeah, one or two of them, yeah. But yeah, I mean, on the dream team, the the ones that I'd like, to, I'd probably go travel for. Matt from Demo Ranch, and he just bought that giant. Uh, yeah, Matt needs it. Matt needs some help. And I'm like, I met him at, I think it was one of the last races I went to. Yeah, I met him and briefly talked to him, and 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 Roman Atwood, I met him as well. They were actually a team, so like I talked to him when they when one of them mm-hmm. wasn't driving. Um. I think it's last free in 500, but yeah, when I told Roman, I was like, when you come down here, let me know. We'll you know do your custom house and, and design however you guys want to do. But there's so many houses down here. You buy something older, fix her up or kind of thing. Um, I can't imagine trying to build a house right now. That'd be crazy. Yeah. Lead times and, 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 and money's there's so many red flags and stuff, slowing people down. I just, I, I try to avoid as much government permitting as possible Yeah, and buy something that's already done. And, and then just fix it as you want. Of, it's kind of like the way I'm leaning. I, I want to buy something for me and the family that's that's nice, but I can work on it and not feel bad yeah. about tearing something down that's brand new. Yep. Um, that's the best way to do it. I can't imagine building. 
donut operator, Whistling Diesel. Yeah. Both of them I'd like to go work for. I'd, the lights that are on the burnout pad at the Freedom Factory, I text Garrett, I don't know, probably a year ago, and I was like, hey, I need Cody's number. I said, he's finishing Monster Max, you know, 2, 2.0, the massive truck. I said, he needs new headlights. I said, two of these lights for the burnout pad yeah. would be perfect for, for this. His lighting in his shop, he went all out on, too. Yeah, so he did He did the, the ceiling, the walls all the way around, and I'm yeah. looking at him like, I could do it. I don't wall know why. Lighting is crazy. Yeah, why would you do it? Because it's Cody, and, and that's just that's just whistling Diesel way. And just so bright in there, I'm yeah. sure. And then one of his videos when he was building that shop, he said that he had problems with his electrician, and I'm like. I saw. I'm, it looked I'm, rough. I'm ready. Like, I'm ready to go. Yeah, he, like, mm-hmm. was tearing apart the service, how it was just leaning over, yeah. and I'm like. But it was a small job, and there's. Thousands of electricians, electrical contractors all over the country. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what, why have that's going to offer something? Am I going to offer something different? I try to avoid any higher amperage and voltage stuff. I've, my background is in fixed five and 12 volt. Mm-hmm. Very much so enjoy fixed five. Yeah. It's very low risk. Yeah. I've been shocked by wall outlets and I don't enjoy it. <laughs> What do they call it? The 110 club or 220 club or yeah. something like that? Yeah, <laughs> it's like I, a, I'm, I'm in the 277 club. Um, Sounds spicy. Yeah, it was a it was an LA Fitness. So we're, I was working out with my journeyman. I was in was a, an apprentice and then at a local over in Orlando. And um, actually, I was at Daytona, but I was on a light fixture to LA Fitness. We had a breaker lock on, locked out, tagged out, and the Siemens rep came in there and was like, "Oh, I need to test the lighting circuit." And he removed it and just flipped it on. And I'm sitting there working, and all of a sudden I get hit. And my arms were resting across the, the acoustic ceiling. And I never seen my journeyman get so mad. It was it was a woman. And she yeah. she turned around and ran into that electrical room. And I, I thought I thought we were gonna get kicked off the job because it was it was a bad scene, but you don't want to yeah. kill somebody. I mean, that's yeah. you don't take a lockout tag it's out. A lot that's, of voltage. That's why it's there, yeah. But yeah, I've 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 hit two seventy seven. But some people told me two forty is worse, um, basically because it's two feeds coming into you. Two seventy seven is a hot coming in and going out. But two, uh, so like two forty would hurt. Is three I've, phase scarier? I. What's the I've scariest? Tested. I mean, what would you avoid? The highest we work with is four eighty. Okay. So and that's the same voltage that's at the track for the lights. Yeah, but it's the amperage that really gets you too. Correct. Yep. Yeah, high amperage will high really amperage, yeah. do some damage. But they say it's only like. 0.05 amps or something can, can stop your heart. See, I like 12 volt because, like, you know, if you're like testing some lights on your car, you could just hold them to the battery. Yeah. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> you could be very lackadaisical with some 12 volt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and people get like that with their home lights too. And then I come through and have to fix it. That's why there's not me. I avoid, I avoid <laughs> anything with frequency. That's, that's why all these lights are plug and play. Yep. Plug and play as simple as could be everything in here like these lights are great because they just plug right into each other they are very low risk yep to me and they're light so if they ever fell down on someone you'd be like yeah it's all right yeah i can unplug them as i please so if we want to change the lighting in here yep i am a huge fan of that so and and i'm all for you know homeowners doing it yourself you know no they shouldn't touch it (laughs) (laughs) these kind of lights okay yeah yeah yeah. yeah. If, if, if you want to hang a chandelier or you're like, you know what, honey, I'm going to hang the fan in the kid's bedroom. It needs to be a fan box because, you know, don't want a fan falling down on the kids. Yeah. You know, sometimes it, it's you have to call a professional. Well, that's why I'm dangerous because I'm I think I'm I, I'm just good enough to do really anything, but not good enough to do it to a 
expert level. People say I know enough to be dangerous. Exactly. I can definitely be dangerous with some, you know, home fixtures. Yeah. But, you know, I look at somebody that knows like, oh, I don't I don't know anything about that. I'm like, that's so much smarter. Yeah. That is the better way to be. I, I don't do plumbing. I don't I don't know what it is. Like plumbers, electricians sometimes mm-hmm. don't get along. I get along with everybody, but I just I don't yeah, I don't yeah. know the codes, and if I don't know it, like I said, I'm not gonna not gonna do it. Um, one thing that electricians deal with um, that have we've been dealing with here is solar. You know, solar's been a big thing. Oh right? yeah, yep. So I don't know if this has really been talked about a lot, but we've lost a lot of our workforce. Oh, because solar's taking them right. Okay. So it's almost like. Say you had a field of, of mechanics, and all of a sudden, EV comes along, right? And now the mechanics start to go over to EV. I bet those same mechanics can still do both EV and mechanic, like and, and yeah, yeah, traditional, right, or combustion. Yep. So, but when you switch from electrician to solar, usually you're doing it for money. And once you switch over and you're wiring up all these solar panels and doing it, you're you're not going to go back. So we've lost a huge chunk of electricians here in Florida that just go over and do solar now. Well, because it's all government subsidized, too. So there's a lot of money in it. Yeah, a lot of it's, yeah. Like, I mean, freaking solar companies call you trying to get you to, like, oh, zero money out of pocket. And I'm like, that doesn't sound like it should work like that. Yeah, it's all craziness. Solar salesman stuff is crazy. Yeah, but. And, and, and I mean, I can I can elaborate on that a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm interested in the solar stuff. And then there's the battery side of things that's crazy. Like people say that you could replace your generator with a bank of batteries. Yeah, and I know the Tesla wall stuff is cool yep. and it looks nice, but I just can't fathom spending twenty thousand dollars on a battery. Yeah, yeah, and knowing that it has this shelf life. That isn't all that long. No. I don't know what it is, 15 or years or something? Yeah. But, but By the time that it pays itself off, it's when they're not good anymore. And that's the same thing with solar. I mean, I come from a roofing background. Okay. Your roof is 30 years. It doesn't matter what's above it. Well, you know what Florida says now? Um, 10 years. Oh, so solar. So when you go to buy your house, okay, and it's over 10 years old, they want you to get a new roof. Really? Yeah. I've had a few inspectors, a few homeowners, people buying houses. It says if it's over 10 years old, they're wanting you to put a new roof on the house before you take oh. the house, before they can insure the house, like the yeah, roof. Yeah, yeah. So with solar, um, the people who make money in solar, the sales guy and the bank, okay? The installers aren't making a ton of money. I mean, they're paid just like electricians, a little bit more sometimes. It all depends. It's, it's you know, uh, supply and demand. Yep. You have... Whole neighborhood going up over here, five thousand homes, and I think Lennar Home did it. Where every Lennar Home over in Orlando and like a couple of areas, they had to have some kind of solar on their house. Hmm. So it just boomed up, and solar electricians went off. Right? Yeah. Well, the installers make decent, the electricians make decent, but the person who makes the most is the sales guy who's coming to your house all the time and, and emailing you and, and phone calls, mainly just walking up to your door, right? Yep. What aggravates me so much is when you go on YouTube and you're trying to like you go to click on a video and the first one that pops up is if you have one of these on the side of your house, you can get free solar. It's want a, a meter? It's a meter. Every damn house has a meter. <laughs> well, like a 
yeah, what house doesn't an outhouse? Right. You, like you're you're <laughs> if it doesn't have electricity, yeah, yeah like you're right. so the Amish, your hunting village, right? The, the Amish you know? the Amish neighborhood doesn't have it. Oh, so, they're done. Yeah. They can't get free solar no from free the solar government. For them. But they 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 it's just a, a gimmick to get you in, right? Yeah, and you start talking about it and all these tax things and um. Well, yeah. they say they'll get you a free roof first. They include everything in like a big package deal. Yeah. Right? And they tell you it's 0% interest, right? And, and, man, we can go into this so much. But, like, long story short is once those solar panels are installed on your roof, they're worthless to everybody else, okay? So that bank that you got that loan from for forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000, if you don't pay the bill, what are they going to do, come repossess your solar panels? Mm-hmm. Are they going to sell them to somebody else? Would you buy used solar panels? Yeah, nobody's no, buying used no, solar if panels. You, if you want solar panels in your house, you want brand new, warranty, fully, right? So yeah. there's money in that loan that's allocated to the bank that's just to cover the loss in case you don't pay the bill. Yeah. There's nothing to repossess. They're not going to come take the rim. They'll take the rims off your car if you don't pay for it. Yep. They're not going to take the solar panels off your roof. Yeah, because solar panel technology is advancing so quickly. So Four-year-old solar panels are useless. Yeah. And, they and hardly even help. They hardly even do anything anymore. There was like 300-watt panels back then, and now I think we're up to like 480-watt panels or 420 panels. But, like, they're becoming more efficient. But then it's the same thing. If you're going to sign up for this big program and this big price tag, you want top of the line. Mm-hmm. So there's money in that original loan where this has 0% interest. There's money in there that's allocated just for the bank. It's 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 quite a bit of money too. You know when solar's really good when you buy a home that somebody had just put it on there mm-hmm. and now they're selling it and it's not included in the price of the home. That's when it's really nice. Right. <laughs> Cuz right. I've seen people like they they buy a new house and they're like, "Oh, the previous owner just put solar on." Yeah. And it was their bill to finish paying off and you just bought this house that has it and it's not your problem and yes. you just get all the benefit. Right. That's when it's great. <laughs> now, the bad side of that is if they don't pay off that loan for the solar, when you go to buy that house, it comes with two mortgages, one for the solar mm. and one for the house. That's crazy. You imagine that? You like you double you, mortgage. Yeah, you love this house, you get excited, you're talking about it, you get down to the final thing and you find out that there's a second lien on the house. You know, you have to pay the solar as well. And it's not not a ton of money huh. a month typically, but it's it's still another added cost. So, also I guess you can end up upside down if energy prices come down far enough. Yeah. So if if Florida builds a nuclear power plant Mm -hmm. and it suddenly is supplying all of South Florida and electricity bills come low enough where the solar bill that you're paying is now more than what you could just be paying from the meter, you end up kind of upside down. Yeah. And Uh, if if that was to happen, yeah. there, There is a situation. So it kind of is in the interest of the government to not have power dip lower than what their solar bills are for these people that they just convinced right to buy solar. No. Huh. Here's here's the legal side behind it, okay? As a homeowner here in Florida, you cannot produce more than you consume. Okay? You produce more than you consume. So you so can't backfeed and and make money. You you get credit for it. But okay. but it, it just gets added to your bill, right? You're always going to have at least a ten or thirty dollar activation mm-hmm. on your utility. So even if you're consuming, and let's say you consume from utility company a thousand watts, right? Yeah. There's a certain percentage that you can't produce more than what you consume, 
And when you apply for the permits, you have to prove all of this. So basically, they don't want you to become a, a, a utility company. Oh. Why would they allow you to be a utility company? Yeah. They already have a utility company. So if I have some big-ass roof on my house, mm-hmm. or if I was just some guy and I just had a yard and I wanted to put some in there like they do, or yeah, like they... There's some ground, ground mounts. They sell those stupid ones that are like a flower, and they kind of like follow the sun. Yeah, I've seen those. <laughs> you know, like there's always like, oh, look at it. It folds out during the in the morning and i'm like wow that looks like it's gonna break immediately yeah yeah. but so you can't put up you know a couple of those and suddenly your property now your 10 acres is producing electricity out in the country correct for all your neighbors and you're making money and that's why it's there because when you Uh, have like let's just say a a mobile home on 20 acres well you got to protect the power companies you know they're fragile they they donate to the you know the the elections and stuff right you you don't want to ruin that um, and that's not to get too political, but that's that's the yeah, truth. I mean, right? it's, we got lobbying. That's how it works. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like um, that's interesting. Yeah, so you can't just become the provider for your neighborhood and start making some money and yeah. suddenly pay off your mortgage with how much money you just produce, how much power you just produced, even though it's free from the sun. Yeah, and what if like you know. What if you're an electrician, so you kind of jimmy-rigged your house a little bit and suddenly you're back feeding a little bit more than they expected and you maybe, like, got some solar from a guy, you know, that was getting rid of it and you kind of wired it all up yourself. So your meter actually gets swapped out. It goes backwards, doesn't it? So we all have some smart meters right now, but when you get solar activated, it's a smart meter that allows power to flow both ways. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I don't know if it'll work on a standard meter. But once you pass your inspection for your your new solar that just got hooked up, you pass your inspection, the utility company comes out and puts a new meter in there instead of the one you already have. Yeah. So I don't know if it would work out that way. Could I set up some panels in the yard with an inverter and, and backfeed a, a battery or something? I'm sure I could. Never mess with it. Um, mm-hmm. It's not usually, it's not something cheap you can just throw together, right? Yeah. The panels themselves are pretty cheap, but... You start buying inverters and batteries, it gets expensive. Yeah, because I well, I often think about like the off the grid stuff and like, you know, people are always like, oh, I'm off the grid. But I'm like, yeah, but like how long is that solar panel going to work off the grid yeah. completely? Because I've seen some ones that are five years old and they don't they don't work so well anymore. Yeah. And batteries are tough and expensive. And I mean, I don't want a giant lithium ion battery in my house. When you freaking charge an RC car's lithium ion, they're like, "Be careful if you, you know, see it swelling." Yeah, put it in a bag when you're done. Like they sell like fireproof bags for them. Mm-hmm. But then when we get this giant battery, you're just like, "Yeah, bolt it to the drywall." Yeah. Oh, okay. That seems safe. Yeah, the, but this is back to that UL listed thing. Everything has to be UL listed and tested, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that something with that battery, there's some kind of protection. Where if it was a fail, you know. But freaking cells fail all the time, and they always end up getting I'm, the one next to them. I'm right there with you. It, it, it's it's we don't have any batteries in our in our family, right? Like no batteries are anyone's houses. My dad has, I think, 18 panels at his house. Yep, uh, produces enough power basically to his house and his pool, and like basically knocks his bill down to nothing. My dad expanded and bought. He's got a Ford uh, Lightning and a Mach E now. Oh, okay. No more combustion at all. Full electric. Full electric, right? I mean, we own Central Floor Electrician. Yeah. My dad owns two EV vehicles. The Mach-E's are pretty cool. They're quick. Yeah. They're quick. They're pretty cool cars. The, uh, the 
Lightning, I'm a little car, skeptical man. on. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 kind of like the Blazer. Yeah, it's that's about it that size. Me of. Yeah, I'm a little skeptical on the Lightnings. They seem like a little too big. Yeah, to be useful as electric. Yeah, I, I, I tell you what, man, I towed a seven thousand pound uh, lift and trailer last mm. week with his Lightning. Compared to my EcoBoost, it was night and day, man. Yeah, it, it's it's so weird because there's no shift points. You're you're driving and it's just consistent. Probably rides nice too because they're heavy in their IRS. Yeah, and that center weight down there for the battery. Mm-hmm. Now the only limited to the limits to this is 300 mile range. Yep. You hook that trailer up to it, it drops to 180, 150 mile range. But like you were saying, he's charging it for free. He's powering yep. his house, so it makes complete sense for him. Yeah. So he can backfeed his house from a truck too. Yeah. So he's got the solar feed it help produce power during the day, and then like we tested it uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, my brother and I were there, and we backfed his house from his truck. Hmm. So turn off the main breaker, and we were able to backfeed the house, and, per- and all the lights came on. You couldn't run, like, the AC and stuff, but in an emergency situation, it's, it's pretty nice. Yeah, and it could be in your garage where you're not killing everyone. Yeah, yeah. there's, Quiet, no, there's yeah. no fumes coming off yeah, that Yeah, no one. fumes. Yeah. You just, like, let it sit in there. I'm more of a fan of hybrid stuff. I think that truck would be really cool if it had, like, a little small... You know, right. hybrid engine that could charge it while you're using it would be kind of cool. What do you think about that E-Ray that's coming out? I think that'll be an interesting one. I think the E-Ray will be, will be really cool. I Like I said, hybrid is awesome. Yeah. Because then... You have that instant torque right off the line. No range anxiety. Yeah. Because that's like a real thing, range anxiety. It is. It is. Like, it, you, when my car's low on gas, I get a little anxiety. <laughs> I can't imagine having something where you're like, oh, shoot, my car's low on battery and it takes six hours to charge to 20 (laughs) percent so you know those fast chargers you see well you probably don't even notice them right like we unless it actually reflects and affects us right now we don't really notice those kind of things unfortunately i pay attention to things i probably have no need to so you'll see an ev charger right like you see the ones that are teslas that are lined up one after another Mm -hmm. typically they're about 100 amp charge right so they charge there's some super fast chargers out there that on Tesla's will show you, you know, where they are and they charge at like 300 amps. They'll charge your car from 20% to 80% in like 30 minutes. Yeah. They have them going down the turnpike. So um, my dad actually drove his lightning from Orlando to Miami for the past, I want to say five, six weeks, at least one day a week. And you stop halfway through it and stop at the turnpike rest area, plug the truck in 30 minutes later, you're, like damn near fully charged, you drive yeah. the rest of the way, and then he'd stop on the way back, and he doesn't have to stop on the way back, but there's that fear, right? Yep. So you charge. I think it was 27 minutes. We have the Ford app, so it tells us, hey, plug charge this long. He would drive back. So the range isn't isn't terrible, but now here's here's the thing: it's going to change the EV market. Tesla uh, got with Ford, and as of 2024, Ford's going to be able to use their Tesla chargers. Okay, so now they're using their infrastructure that they've already built. They've already built the infrastructure. And they could just ride that out forever because no, it's going to take, it would take Ford 10 years probably to build up that infrastructure. Easily, Easily, yeah. So they can kind of just. The way I said it to my dad was Elon Musk built a toll road across America. Yep, he really did. A toll road without doing any pavement work at all. Mm -hmm. Goes to Wawa's and all these gas stations and puts them in. And then Tesla's pull up and charge and drive on. But now Ford's getting on it. And last I heard, GM did the same deal. 
Yeah, GM. Well, they'll have to. You're forced to because nobody's going to buy your car if if you can't charge. If you can't charge it somewhere, like you're crazy. Because why would you? Like, I know all the companies are doing it. Audi's got a pretty cool EV lineup right now. Porsche's coming out with a couple EV stuff. Like, you have to get on that charging network because you're not going to be able to compete in the infrastructure game. There's a couple of chargers, uh, Electrify America. Yeah. And, you know, at, at like the Florida Mall in uh, in Orlando, there's like four of those chargers and then like 16 Tesla chargers. You just look at it and you're like, only four chargers for the rest of the brands out there. But now it's going to open up and you'll be able to charge anywhere. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, those 16 Tesla chargers, I bet eight of them work. Okay, they're, they're high consumption, things wear out on them. Yeah. Um, you probably so, install a bunch of those. So I, I do a lot of level two chargers. Okay. So level one is basically plug into your, your outlet in your wall, 110 volts. A level two is basically like a, an oven, 50, 60 amp up to a hundred amp. Uh, my dad has a hundred amp Ford charger in his driveway, mm-hmm. just plugs his truck in at night. Uh, when you get over that, that's a level three charger. So to, to, Charge at 300 amps, the charger all by itself cost $160,000 just for one charger. Now, this is because you're bringing 480 yeah. volts into the charger, yep. and then it's converting it to DC. So it's basically just a box of copper. Yeah, that's it. That's it. It's taking it from AC to DC. Yeah. And then you plug it in your car and wait 30 minutes, and you're fully charged. That's mm-hmm. $160,000 just for one charger. So these things are expensive, and, and people vandalize them all the time. Um, now, those Tesla chargers that you see at, like, Wawa, those are typically, like, 60 to 80 amp chargers. Those aren't the yeah. big dogs. Yeah, but they're not the superchargers. Exactly. Yeah. Those superchargers are big money, and, and you can't do anything with them. It's not like you can steal them and use them somewhere else mm-hmm. because it's in the programming. You have to have a Tesla car with that VIN number. Yeah, it knows. I, I've spent a little while in one. I rented one for a couple weeks, like a week. Mm-hmm. And it was it was a nice car, but you know, finding chargers was a pain in the ass. Yeah, I hated that because yeah, I, I was in a small town too, and like, you know, the chargers that you did find, you'd plug it in and it'd be like ten hours to fully charge. And I'm like, well, okay, yeah. I what, guess what I'm, I'm gonna, gonna go do something. Yeah, <laughs> I I think the market's gonna change next year. Okay, so Ford will be able to have an adapter that's gonna change the Tesla plug and be able to fit into mm-hmm. the Fords. And then as of 2025, Ford's actually changing the plug on their vehicles to match Tesla's cord Okay. to eliminate the adapter. This will also help with efficiency and be able to charge faster. So things will change come 2025. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this all evolves. I mean, the electric market is obviously growing. And even, you know, people always kind of give them shit. They're like, what happens in, you know, a storm? And I'm like, well, you know, getting gas in a storm isn't easy either. Honestly, getting electricity is sometimes easier than getting gas. Yeah. Like, sometimes, like, houses actually have power, but the gas stations aren't getting gas. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been in that situation. <laughs> so, it's like, that's a little interesting. And then also, shoot, some of those Teslas go almost fully underwater. Like, they go, like, through, like, you know, eight feet deep of water and come out the other side, like, because they're so heavy, they just stay planted and then they just drive right and they through. they have traction, four-wheel drive, and just yeah. make it all the way through. Yeah. No intake to get, you know, water in it. I don't know. People kind of say this, what happens in a storm thing. And I don't fully agree with that. Yeah. I, I wouldn't take my 
Tesla or EV or anything in, in water like that. I mean, I wouldn't have unless puddles, I had to. Sure, but like, like your battery's on the bottom. Mm-hmm. There's a tree branch or something down there, and it hits that. Then your lithium in water, it's it just mm-hmm. sounds bad to me. But hey, I wouldn't want to do that with my Duramax either. I wouldn't want to take it through deep water. At I least mean, your Duramax is up off the ground, right? Yeah, it's yeah. pretty high. Yeah, it's pretty tall. But like my my wife's car, that thing. No, that thing would suck in water instantly. Yeah, my, but is the copper prices just going to keep going up like crazy then? Because there's so much copper involved in those things. So lithium is mainly it right yeah. there, and nickel is another thing that's that's a shortage. But I can't on. steal lithium out of my neighbor's home. No, no, you have to order a lot of Milwaukee batteries and kind <laughs> yeah, of like yeah. plug them all. In I together. can go gut a house for copper. That's for copper, right? Yeah, that's a common thing. Uh, nickel is mined in Ukraine. Yeah. So with this stuff going on over there, it's made nickel prices go up. Yeah. And a lot of stuff's mined in Russia, too. Yeah. Titanium and those kind of precious metals. And those are things that are all raised in price. Catalytic converters are up, and everyone's stealing those right now. Hey, if you have an EV, you don't have to worry about someone stealing your catalytic converter, right? No. It'd be hard to steal anything worth value off of an EV. It'd be tough. I don't know. The motors are just so cool. I want to mess with them one day, but yeah. It's like big alternators. You just um, feed power to them instead of yeah. hope to get power from them. <laughs> <laughs> well, kind of just big alternators. That, that's really what they are. And then when you hit the brakes in the lightning, it tells you like you're regenerating power and tells mm-hmm. you, oh, 98% of the brakes that you use was turned back into uh, into a charge or whatever. I'm like, yeah. that's neat. How accurate it is, I don't know. And we're all just looking at screens, believing what we see. But from what I saw, I, I got in the truck, I hooked the trailer up, I drove. Or 27 miles, and my range only went, or the, the range of the truck only went down 50 miles when I was done. So I went 27, but the range went down 50. It's because it was the extra load. Yeah. So if you have a 300 mile, 300 mile range, it goes down to 150. I've often wondered why dinos don't have regenerative braking. I thought that. <laughs> like they push power back in. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, especially like some dino shops that are running all day. Yeah. They could be making their power off of these cars. Like That's a, yeah. Uh, I thought that when I was a kid, when I helped my dad do like pool heaters, a pool heater took the cold, cold out of the water, right? Yeah. So if you ever went and stood over your pool heater, it's cold air blowing at your face. Yep. Why don't they just duck that back into the garage? You'd have a, you know, we could reuse or like that. I was thinking about that with my air conditioning. Why doesn't the pool water use to cool the AC condensers? Corrosion. Or like, so, you know, where they pass by each other at least where it's like, you know. I get it. Yeah. Like, because that gets hot and you want the water to get hot. You have two things that are separate for no reason. <laughs> All right. This is true. Okay. So like just last week I came across a condenser with one of our AC contractors and he goes, Hey, this condenser is different. This is old school. They pump well water up into the condenser on the outside of the house. You know, it's spinning. Yeah, yeah. And that well water would cool and act as like the, the refrigerant he goes, it's old school. It's pretty efficient, but the problem is it corrodes. We're in Florida and our water's got a lot of stuff in it. But my pool has just chlorine. Man, this it's, could be it. You know, you could, you could stop being pump it right through. You there. could stop what you're doing and start a business doing this. You no, just... I don't like talking to people like that. I don't like. <laughs> I I did too much retail sales. I'm I'm a <laughs> yeah. I can't do sales anymore. I struggle with it. I that's what I do now is is sales. Right. I I honestly I tell people I'm not a sales guy, and at the end of the day I'm like, damn, I, I kind of am. Right. Become a salesman. 
but I feel like I, when I go to someone's house to do something and give them a price, I'm just giving you a price on how much it would cost me to do it for you. Like, mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna say, Hey, by the way, if you don't ever want to talk about a generator, let me know. Um, don't want to be a high pressured sales guy. There's some sales guys out there that are fired up and, and never stop talking door to door. I mean, we had a guy come knock on my door the other day. He's like, Oh, I'm doing a roof up the street. And I was like, man, a lot of respect for that guy going door to door like that. Cause that sucks. Yeah. I he got denied by everyone. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> like that's a crazy thing to have to do. And I used to have to go to customers houses all the time when I was learning how to do roofing with my dad, I used to have to, go customers' houses and climb up on their roofs and do quotes and look at things. And that's a tough job because you need it. It's a necessity. Mm-hmm. It's very expensive. And it's not like it's usually not an insurance thing. Mm-hmm. These are usually just like out-of-pocket things. And you're like, oh, it's, you know, 15 grand for a new roof, and they have to do it. Yeah. And that's a tough thing to hit people with. When somebody – when you're selling things that are choice – it's a little better because people that find you are kind of buying it because they want it. Exactly. Selling things that someone needs is tough. Yes, it is. Because, like, you're, you know, talking to some 70-year-old woman that's on a fixed income, and you're like, you need a $15,000 roof, and it's probably destroying your house mm-hmm. because you're not doing it. And there's nothing else I can do. I can't right. help you any other way. And she is- has stretched all of her life helping everybody else. And now here at the end, you, you just feel bad. You want to help her out, right? Yeah. And we did. I have never done more free work than when I was with my dad because, you know, he would go to these people that he knows and they would just need like two or three shingles replaced and he'd have them already. Yeah. And he would just send me over to do it, and, and it was like, he was like, oh, it's, you know, it's a $150 bill. Whatever. Just do it. Yeah. And he would do that all the time so, so frequently i'm guilty of that as of recently okay so like the other day uh, this person called and said i got gfi issues in my house and i'm like do you reset them all yeah yeah mm-hmm. i reset them all i'm like listen i'm gonna have one of my guys swing by in the morning on his way in so it's gonna be at seven o'clock in the morning and i'm gonna have him test it i said if it requires some troubleshooting i'll give you a price i said but honestly i i want him just to stop by and see and sure enough all it was is resetting a gfi mm-hmm. you know typically a service call 250, you know, 250 bucks for me to come out and troubleshoot for two hours. It's not just show up and, you know, 20 minutes, I make 250. I at least try to be fair with it. Yeah. But if I'm going to send a guy out to your house and a company truck and insurance and everything, it's usually 250 bucks. Well, nobody should do, I mean, realistically, nobody should do anything for For free, right? For free. Like, even if you get like a tattoo. Yeah. Somebody's not going to touch you for under 100 bucks. No one's going to touch up tattoos at all. But like, they're not even going to like, Look at a tattoo for under, you know, 150 bucks yeah. or whatever. Like they, that's where they start. Yeah. And you are going to their shop, right? Yeah. Difference is I'm sending someone in an insured vehicle to your home. Yeah. So I do have extra costs, but I try to make it fair 250 for two hours, right? Typically we solve those problems within 45 minutes, right? This one literally walked up. We reset the GFI problem fixed. What do I owe you? I said, just have a good day. Call me when you actually need something. Yeah. This is a lesson that you learned that it could have cost you 250 bucks, but I'd rather do like your dad did and just make a name for myself that we're a fair and honest company. The unfortunate part is when they actually did need something and then you'd see the competitor there. Right. Because he'd be like, what the hell? Like, I did all this work for you, never charged you a dime, helped you out every time you needed it. Storms would come and help you out. And then you go to the competitor. Oh, yeah. And then, like... And most competitors, they were, we were in like a wind, a very windy town. We got storms and stuff. 
most of them would come from different areas and they did not do the quality that was needed. Like they wouldn't, they just wouldn't do the quality that's needed for a town that's gets a lot of wind. Right. Roofing would fall apart. Like they wouldn't, they just wouldn't do it right. Where was this at? It was in Long Island. Long Island. So like tip of Long Island, we get like Northeastern winds all winter. And then in the yeah. summer we get hurricanes and stuff and people would come from out of, out of state or up Island and they just wouldn't understand. Oh no. That no. it has to be very specifically done or else you're doing it where it's going to be damaged. It's like people moving to Florida and not realizing that we have hurricanes, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, every four-point inspection, you get a wind mitigation as well. It's just what we do. Yeah. Yeah, it's like people that go out to um, Arizona and they're like, can't wait to put my grass down. <laughs> like, oh, no, no, you're not allowed to put grass. No. You can't use any high water consumption things here. No. <laughs> and my wife would love that. She's, like, she's all for, like, rock yards and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, I never thought about it. She's like, that's a... It's an old man thing, like where you have to have a nice yard. I'm like, it's nice to look at. She's like, yeah, but it's it's an expense. You're growing a weed and watering it yeah. just to cut it again. Pain in the ass. Uh, I, I hate that my house is set back and I have all this front yard. I'm like, I don't care for the front yard. I want it in the back Yeah, where the dogs play and stuff, the fenced-in area. Like, what oh, yeah. the hell is a freaking front lawn going to do for me? Yeah, I, I I used to mow my yard and then run the company. I just, I, you lose track of time. Yeah. And, and Two three hours blows by in you know in a day and you're just like where where'd the morning go? I enjoy it. It's kind of nice though mowing the lawn. Yeah, like a, if you have like not a bad lawn to mow, some suck. Yeah, ours mow. ours isn't terrible, but um, you know my brother and I share the same guy and it helps him and his family. And I'm like more power to you, mm-hmm. perfect. But um, a couple of things that that you know, probably you know, not everyone knows working for YouTubers. Um, pains in the asses, drama queens. Not Shorter all, in dude. person. Not at all, man. Like, I, I was so worried because, you know, when you you go meet your your celebrity that you've always thought about meeting or whatever, whether it's a wrestler or a movie, whatever, movie star, you always worry that they're going to whether gonna be nice or not. Man, I'll tell you what. Every, every YouTuber I've worked for has been so humble. Mm-hmm. Like, when we talked about this and, and uh, you're like, yeah, come on. I was like. Yeah. yeah, like so we're awesome. hanging out at the Freedom Factory. I was like, yeah, just come on one day, man. Yeah. And then Garrett, um, after talking with him and I went out there to do some readings out there with for the lights, for the old lights. He's like, hey, man, it doesn't get dark till like seven o'clock. Come back to the house. We're going to watch the NFC championship. Come hang out with us. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, shit, you're freaking humble. We had dinner together. Yeah. Maddie, me and him and, and like everyone else is there. I'm like, this is this is nice. Everyone's yeah, very polite. And, and, and it doesn't matter your background or whatever, just everyone was nice and they worked together. Mm -hmm. So I would say what people probably don't realize about YouTubers, the, the negative side would be, we have tight timeframes. Yes. (laughs) That is where it probably is very different than most customers because it's like tight timeframes. Yes. And that's, you know, obviously not the most negative like thing in the world. It's just what we have to do. It's one, uh, one more obstacle to compete with. Like you have Mm -hmm. to hit these goals. I, you have to have it for the live stream that's coming up, right? Yeah. You have to have it for, like, hell, the fiber optics in that place. They had to be done a week prior to the pay-per-view so that we had enough time for testing. Like, yeah. They, those kind of things. Yeah, but if if you're not responsive and you don't answer the phone, don't even think about working for a YouTuber. You have to answer the phone. I mean, Garrett called mm-hmm. me uh, two months ago at, like, 8 o'clock at night, and I looked at my phone. I was like, yep, I got that. You just you have to give customer service beyond anything else, right? But everyone that I've worked with has been super humble. Um, 
the, the hardest part is when you take a picture of something, you can't share it right away. Okay. We are living in an age now where we take a picture yeah. and we want to show people, right? I respect you because your channel is how you guys make your money, right? Imagine if I was working for someone and took a picture and posted it and I ruined the hype. Yeah. Now all of a sudden a few thousand or maybe tens of thousand people, I've already saw that. I don't and need to see it. things get around quickly. Yeah. Very quickly. And you, and once it's up, you can't just take it back down. Yeah. So one of the biggest things is, is I all all of my guys and 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 I and I'm I make it very clear. You can take a picture. Don't share it yet. Yeah. Once it's been talked about, it's been a little while, even if the video's posted right away, like a day later or whatever, wait a little bit. Let let you guys have your your moments. It's your money that you spent money on to pay us to do the work for you. I can't take that away. You have to have a level of discretion. Yes. Along with a lot of discipline, a lot of discretion <laughs> with a lot of different things. I'm sure that you've seen in vehicles around and stuff like that. Cause you know, some people get excited when they see that kind of stuff and they take photos, videos, walking around. And I was, I was there at the freedom factory when mullet pulled up off the trailer for the first time. Yeah. I don't remember what I was working on, but I saw saw him pull up and he gets out. Oh, we were there to put, we took two lights off the, it was before we installed the lights. We took two of the lights from the track yeah, and we mounted them to a Crown Vic. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, I think it was second video I was in or something. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I've been in like three or four of them. But he pulls up in it and I was just like, oh, and like I call my brother. I'm like, I can't send you a picture, but I'm in front of Mullet. Like, it's finally back. It's here. Yeah, And then... Garrett took me over. He's like, you want to go to the drag strip with us? And I was like, I've never been to the drag strip. Like, I went when I was like eight years old, maybe with my dad, and was never really a big car guy. And now as I'm around it more, it's, you guys are rubbing off on me. Yeah, starts to, uh, it's contagious. Yeah. It is, it is. So very quickly, contagious. Yeah. If you work for a YouTuber, you got to respect the, mm-hmm. the hype. There's some secretism around everything. Yeah. And like, Kind of like working like a movie set a little bit, you know. You got to be like, there's behind the scenes stuff that's going on because movie sets, I yeah, I would imagine are very similar where things are under lock and key, and there's embargoes on things when you can share them and stuff, and yeah, all kinds of things. Because even other people, like you know, there's there's people that come and do things that are also YouTubers, like even though they're doing the work. They're also YouTubers like the lawn care guy is a great example. Mm-hmm. He also does the YouTube, but you kind of have to wait. And then it's like, <laughs> yeah, you, you want to share together. Yeah. Alan lawn care nut, just a shout out to him because he's a, he's a good dude. Yeah. <laughs> but he's like a great example of somebody coming to do something that's also on the YouTube side of things. Right. And and you just have to understand that sometimes you can't share things right away. Yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely an interesting world. Yep. Well, man, we'll wrap it up there. We've been going for a little bit. Dude, thanks for coming on. That was a blast. They can reach out to you on, um, what is it, Central Florida Electrician? Electrician. Yep, com. Dude, reach out to them if you guys need anything, if you guys are in the area. But, dude, thanks for coming on. That's going to do it. Thank you so much for watching, guys. I will see you next time.
step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.